afford to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Mike Siegel. And Mike, we are in the room together. We are. We're nine feet apart. Nine feet exactly? You measured it? This is When Christy was here, I put the tape measure out and this is nine feet. So it doesn't feel like crazy long. I mean, I got headphones, I can hear you, see yeah, you. I can see you. It's better, it's better, than, uh, it's better than zooming. Yeah. And it's too hot to do it outside like we did a, a month or so ago. <sighs> It's yeah, not, no, we not, can't do it here. Not no. Woodland Hills. No, it's uh, wow. When you left uh, Santa Monica, what was the temperature there? It was sixty-eight degrees just before noon. It was foggy. It was sixty-eight degrees when you left. Yeah, and because I wanted to see what it was going to be when I got here. And here it's ninety-one degrees. Yeah, and it's so, like only twelve miles away. So it that's twenty-three degrees difference. Hotter it's here. It's insane. I got out of the car here and I was like, ooh, because I haven't used my, I don't have AC where I live. And a lot of the you apartments. Mean, you mean in your apartment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't have it. And uh, most of the places down at the beach don't have it here. You don't need it. You open I mean, the windows, you get a cross breeze? Yeah. And there's no humidity. So, but here, whew. Oh, I know. Wow. And you don't have it here in this studio. We are recording in the upstairs and uh, the air conditioner broke about two weeks ago. We're having it repaired on August 11th. Now the air conditioner in the rest of the house works. Because if it didn't, I don't know what. That's a detail you left out when you invited me here. I knew that would keep you from coming. <laughs> Not stupid. Come to Woodland Hills. Hey, just so you know. In the middle of summer with no air conditioning. So the temperature in this room, it says it's 83, but I don't think it's... I got a ceiling fan on. I got the window the open. The fan is helping. Yeah. The window's probably bringing heat in. Yeah. It but, is warm up But there. Pilar said I needed to have the window open uh, for social distance reasons. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You can see the sun. So here we are. Just lovely. So Mur- lovely. Murray was supposed to come over today and we were going to record, uh, we were going to record an all Lou Reed episode. Oh, wow. We've been, okay. listen- we've been listening to those, uh, 16 albums for good. And, um, <laughs> and, um, Just playing nothing but metal machine music, picking the songs. But, um, but then, uh, Mary's back to work and he, he had to be home with Frank and yeah, I saw him the other day, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. He's going crazy. Not, uh, not doing stand up, not, not being stand-up. able to work. Yeah, see, I, I don't do stand up anymore. Yeah. I'm surprisingly he, okay with it, but, you, but, you, but you, I miss the the uh, money aspect, and there's a bit of performing I miss, but there's a lot of other stuff I don't miss. But right, Murray's dying. He's dying because this is his uh, this is number one thing. Yeah, and he would like to. He's that guy, even when he's in town and not on the road, he wants to be doing sets everywhere, and that's just his thing, which is good. Which is you know, if you're a true comic, you yeah. do want to. Yeah, if you if you're if you're a comedian and you don't care that you're not doing shows, then it's maybe time that's to, a bad sign. It's time to pivot. Time <laughs> yeah. to do it. Get a change in your uh, in your in your job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if there was if if I couldn't do this, yeah, then I would I'd be like, what the? Yeah, I know. This is the new studio now. We gave up the office. I know, and this is. Uh, it looks like it's purposely built just for this show. It does the way that it's decorated. And once here's what here's how it'll be. Once we don't have um, once we don't have to social distance. Instead of being end to end at this table like we would normally do it, I'll be here and you'll be right there. Yeah, no, that's it, great. It'll be fine. And it sounds better in here. It sounds way better in here. And then people were asking me, "What about getting musical guests?" I'm like, 
I will never tell them that we had an office. I'll just let them think that we always recorded right here. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, most of the guys live out this way. Like Calabasas? Uh, Calabasas, uh, Thousand Oaks, Westlake Village. They so, do? So How do you know? Uh, or, the, or the Palisades. Because every, t- every time I have someone on, I'll say, where'd you come in from? Oh, I came out from, uh, you know, Westlake Village. I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I live in Woodland Hills. Oh, yeah, we could have we driven together. Ha, 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 ha. I know someone <laughs> who refuses to come here. <laughs> Fee Wable. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to Zoom. We can do that at my house. We're going to Zoom with him uh, hopefully this week. We're supposed to do it Friday, but he got a new computer and he wanted to, he was get, a new computer was arriving at his home and he wants to Zoom on the new computer. So. How has your Zoom luck been? I have mixed mixed results with it uh you mean the audio quality yes aren't you amazed that these guys musicians Mm -hmm. how many microphones you you think they have in their house just sitting around in their home studios and stuff and they still talk on a phone or into their laptop they're talking which sounds like shit it sounds terrible i've had some i've had some email now as i'm recording it see it comes out it comes out of here just like this. You're pointing this, to your laptop. Pointing to the laptop. It comes in the, I don't know what to call this wire. The wire that goes into the headphone jack, that goes straight into the board. So I'm recording my guests straight into the board. Yes, but they're still talking into yes. the crap mic. If it, spend $75, mm-hmm. get a USB mic, and it doesn't even have to be that good, I've but had a, a, a regular microphone. I know what you're saying. I've had people email me and say, Pat, I know that you don't like the Zoom, but, but you know, these episodes are sounding like you're right in the room and, they, and they're sounding fine. So, I mean, it's not, it's not the same as you and I sound right now. It's not even close, but, it's, but it, it hasn't been terrible. Dennis DeYoung has a microphone in his house. Do you know what? He recorded through his iPad okay. in his lap. <laughs> and sounded yeah. like it. And uh, no, he was great, and I'm glad he was on. Yeah. But I figured these guys would really love... Audio. I've, but I've heard, and it's not just this podcast. I've mm-hmm. heard others, and I'm telling people, like bloggers and people that I've interviewed mm-hmm. on, on mine, that uh, if this is going to be the way of the future, and it looks like it is, get, get a microphone. Uh, spend a little, you know, because you're going to be doing a lot more interviews than yeah. this, and you sound horrible. I've done so many Zoom interviews in the past couple of weeks. It, I'm almost, it's almost overwhelming because I don't play the music in real time for those people. I have to edit it all in. So right now, this morning, I woke up at 6 a.m. and I started. The Cy Kernan from The Fix, that posts Thursday. And, you know, two and a half hours in, and I'm, I'm only halfway into the episode yeah. putting the music in. Where was he? Uh, he's in Santa Cruz. Okay. Yeah. Nice. He sounded good. You he know said, where he's not driving? To the valley. <laughs> to the fucking valley. <laughs> the, um, looks great still. He looks really great. He it's looks an amazing. Really great. It's amazing, he's right? really great. He said, he's, he just said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping it up or whatever he said. <laughs> Not in a sexual way. The, um, uh, so I just was, I was just messaging last night, like one in the morning with Sebastian Bach. Oh. So he said, he's, uh, he goes, I'll check it out tomorrow, man. We'll, you know, he didn't say I'll do it. He said, I'll check it out. Sounds good. Take care of yours. You know, all that stuff. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you. I know. It would be, I mean, I, I think it would be awesome. And then this coming Friday, I'm recording with the the drummer from Kansas, who's who's in a he's there's only two original members in Kansas that are still there. It's and it's really his band, like he started the band. Okay, so he's the guy. But um, but you know, I did Liberty DeVito. I did him the other day. That's great. And uh, a lot of drummers, a little drum heavy on this show. Yeah, I just uh, I put I just put out to uh, Gina Shock from the Go Go's. Because cool. she was so much fun in this documentary. Like, she seems like like the wild one. Okay. So, 
I, I have not seen it. I still got to say, I heard it's great. And the new song, uh, it's called uh, Club Zero. Good tune. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So maybe, I have to see that documentary. I have to see the Laurel Canyon one that you recommended. Oh, I highly recommend that. As far as... Out of all those, there's been a ton of there's Laurel been a Canyon lot of things. Them. Maybe that's why I've been... It's the slow. best one. It's okay. the best. Like, you're like, oh, man, these, these, these people got it. And yet, I could watch four more hours of it. But it's uh, it's two parts, but it's great. It's great. I loved it. And I see that one and the new Motown one. Was that the Hitsville? That yeah. Murray loves that one. Yeah, he, did, he's been pushing that one. And I was like, yes, I got to see that too. Did, did you watch the ZZ Top one? I did. Yeah, a little it's fun. band from Texas. I mean, it just it just completely stops in the eighties. They don't like, have. A, they don't. There's no story there. I mean, yeah, I know. Three original members who are together after fifty years. What drama is there? The only drama was Frank had some drug problems. Yeah, they love playing together. You can just tell. Yeah, there was no story after that. But no. you know, good for them that they're still out there. <laughs> I know, right? You think they'd they themselves would want to put something in there like, hey, you know, we're still doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you as, you're right. As we uh, as we talk about ZZ Top, we 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 both glance up to under the, the Funkos, uh, the Funko Pops, which I'm giving away a set of those uh, later today. Of which of ZZ Top? Yeah, or? the whole set. Oh yeah, because Christy and I did the ZZ Top episode a couple weeks ago, so I got a set of those to give away. Oh, that's nice of you. Now this week's prize. Uh, since we're talking about third albums today, that's the uh, listener-curated topic. This Friday, if you're a Patreon uh, supporter, $2 a month gets you to win prizes. I'm going to give away a copy of Queen's third album on vinyl. It's Queen Sheer Heart Attack. That is a brand new copy that I'll send to you. So that's the prize this Friday. So if you're not on board with Patreon, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I'm giving you two uh, two episodes a week. You're putting in work. You're doing a lot of work. It's my job. This is my job. You get down to one kid in the house now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just one. Just the one that's a handful. <laughs> yeah. Really one and a half kids. Then. Yeah. yeah. Rita's, uh, Rita, needs, Rita needs the most attention. Uh, quick thank you to David Watson. He sent me a nice email about the 500th episode. And then he also sent me a $50 Amazon gift card, which is always appreciated. Um, I'll probably use a little bit of that money for myself, but probably some of that money... Most of it will probably go right back into the show. But thank you, David. Always appreciated. And uh, yeah, thanks. And, j- and, and even an email of telling me how that you like the show is appreciated. Uh, the 500th episode, I thanked so many people, but I did miss some. I, after the fact, I started to think and I did miss some. I miss Joe Beck, who co-hosted an Aerosmith show. I miss Paul Goebel, who co-hosted a TV theme song show king of tv king of tv paul goble i missed uh tyler smith and david Bax, and i think you and i recorded with them yes. we did movie songs battleship pretension battleship pretension tyler's so. done mine a couple times too. And, and we've done theirs a bunch of times so thank you joe beck thank you paul goble thank you tyler smith thank you david Bax. i also missed some musical guests i missed mike and jules peters from the alarm oh and yeah those, that was a great episode those two are so f- wonderfully nice like hugs hugs when they left like they initiated the hug normally i would because I'm, <laughs> I'm creepy but they they initiated it and uh sheree curry and brie darling also wonderful ladies rockers rocker chicks so uh thank you to them and i'm sure uh as the weeks progress i'll keep remembering people that 500 episodes you're gonna something's it's, gonna fall through the cracks difficult. makes me exhausted to think about it now, would this count in my show tally? Because I think I was short in, uh, in my race with Murray for the number of episodes. Today's episode? Yeah. This counts. Okay. If you like co-hosted if, things, and I don't know if I was uh, taken into account when well, I... Well, you would have to take uh, that up with Carrie Scott, who does the Rock Solid uh, okay, database. She's the one that told me what the numbers were. But um, 
she's pretty she's pretty on it. All right. All I right. mean, you want to make her feel... For some reason in my mind, I thought I was doing like a year of these before Murray even came on board. Because I was on... I did a, My first one was with Gary. Well, Murray was on with Gary also. Oh, he was? Yeah. Okay, maybe I could be wrong. Yeah. I got no memory left. I mean, you've done you've done a year's worth. Like people could you've done over fifty two. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, uh, I think Gary did one nineteen. Kyle was in the lead. I think Kyle was done two hundred and thirty five. Yeah, that and makes then sense. Gary, and then you and Murray are like neck and neck. Oh man! And then and then Christy, and then April. Wow. Okay. I know it's crazy though. So this is easy though for you. You didn't have to pick any yeah, I'm songs. Just sitting here, you're gonna you're gonna you texted like, me yesterday. You don't have to listen to songs I picked. <laughs> which is always a plus. Uh, you're going to like a lot of the songs that the listeners pick today. Okay, cool. I third am, albums are big. Third albums can be big. They can be the make or break or they can, you know, or they can, what else? I don't know. Because I just rewatched, uh, I, every so often I'll rewatch the Rush documentary. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Sebastian Bach, who's in that documentary. See, I don't even, I, don't even, I can't even remember who's in documentary. Beyond the Lighted Stage. It's a great documentary. And, uh, yeah, so they're talking about their third album was a stinkeroo, really, because it was uh, Caress of Steel. Caress of Steel. Because they got signed off their first album, which they couldn't, you know, was pretty straight ahead rock, you know, with their first drummer. Right. And uh, John Rutsey. John Rutsey. And they thought they were going to be kind of a straight ahead, kind of bad company type rock group. Yeah. And all of a sudden they follow it up with Fly By Night, and the record company's like, hmm, well, this doesn't seem to be the direction. That- <laughs> You know, by tour and the snow dog. This right. is not going to make the radio. Yeah. And uh, the third one comes out and the record company is like, huh? Caress of Steel. Yeah. Which is not good. No. What does Caress of Steel mean? It's, I don't know. The caress of a steel blade and the mean, sword going it, through your, who knows? What does that mean? My junk. Caress of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> but, and it just tanked with every, every, it just didn't sell and they thought they were done. And back in the day where they got a fourth chance. I know. And that was going to be it. But somehow that yeah. they summoned up the nerve to, you know, the, you know their uh, manager goes to the record company and he's got to beg for one more chance. And the record company's like, this is it. Yeah. We need something to put on the radio. Well, and, the, and they come back with 2112, which is not radio friendly. Not no, radio nothing. friendly. No, it's a concept and the radios And the, the record company's like, what, 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 what the hell is this? And then somehow it took off by word of mouth. Yeah. And that saved luck, them. by luck. Luck. And then that's what gave them autonomy to do whatever they wanted. For this. And it's like, it was pretty ballsy like, of them in their 20s what, to just yeah. go, no, we're going to do what we yeah. want. What they did in the 80s is what the record label wanted them to do yes. on the third album. Make <laughs> yes. some hits. Um, yeah, I talk, uh, when I talked to Liberty DeVito on Friday, we were talking about The Stranger. It was Billy Joel's fifth album. Oh, and, was it? And we're like... You don't, you don't get five albums <laughs> What now. was his third? Uh, his third album was Street Life Serenade, I believe is what that was. Was there, a, if you don't have at least one hit on that album, you're done. You know, on your third album? Yeah, it goes, uh, it goes um, Cold Spring Harbor, Piano Man, uh, Street Life Serenade, Turnstiles, then The Stranger. Okay. <laughs> but it's a good thing they hung in because then from The Stranger on, those albums were like, Five, six, seven, ten million albums. I mean... Yeah. Was Born to Run Springsteen's third? Third, yes. Okay. Well, that, that'll a, buy you some time. I'm going to play a song from that as okay. the playout song. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. I'm going to start uh, with a song from what I think is one of the most... And this is from me. This is what I think is one of the most pivotal third albums 
of all time. And for me, it's Pretenders Learning to Crawl because this is their first album without Pete Farndon and James Honeyman Scott, who both died. Yeah. So now she has to get two new guys, uh, Malcolm Foster and, um, of course, I can't remember the other guy's name. Well, there was two, uh, there was a big gap in between those albums, right? Yeah, I think like two, is it two years or maybe longer, maybe three years. But 84 is when uh, Learning to Crawl comes out. I want to say that was a five-year gap. Or no, maybe about four I years. I think it's four. I think 79 it's... and 80, maybe the first two albums? Yeah, maybe four years. Seems like something we could look up. Yeah, if we wanted to. <laughs> Again, Mike, the bonus episodes are a little bit more loosey-goosey. All right. Um, Robbie McIntosh is the Robbie McIntosh, the guitar, so the guitar player. player. So I I know that I've played this entire album on this show Great album. the years. But so I'm going to just uh, drop in with a little Thumbelina so you guys can hear uh, what they were doing. I said, oh, baby, don't you cry. When we get to Tucson, you'll see why. We left the snowstorms in the thunder and rain for the desert sun. We're gonna be born again. What's important in this world? A little boy, a little girl. There's the, new, there's the new Pretenders album right there, Hate for Sale. It's I a, love the single from it's a, that. It's a, the whole album's great. It's a full band album. And uh, you and I have seen her many times in concert. Her voice does not fail. No, still sounds great. Just And it's not, she's not trying too hard. That's just, her voice is perfect. Yeah, yeah. He has, she hasn't lost anything. No. And she does not like to be filmed uh, <laughs> with people's oh, cameras. No, no, she does <laughs> She'll not. She'll throw you out. She'll throw you out. I don't blame her. But that Learning to Crawl album had like a few hits on it. You yeah. got to think though, if that thing tanks, They're, I'm sure the record company's like, hey, now it was the two other guys. We really needed those yeah. guys. Well, well, she says that James Honeyman Scott created the sound and she's just continued to do that sound. But you know, the albums that followed after this were, you know, they were, you know, uh, Get Close and Packed. You know, those weren't this the big hit that this, no, this was. This so one did well. This this one earned her the right to make, yeah. to keep going. Gave her the 80s. Gave her the 80s. <laughs> so good for her. Uh, okay, moving on. We're going to hear, we'll hear an intro from, uh, All right. from one of the listeners. Did you, what were the um, rules of the intro? Did you cut it after a certain, did you say it's got to be under 45 seconds? I, I try, I asked them to keep it under 90 seconds. Okay. Some people can't. You're more generous than me, man. Can't yet do it. <laughs> I asked them to say, I asked them to introduce themselves and say where they're from. And a lot of people we're going to hear we've heard on all these episodes and that's fine. Anyone can do this. It's this isn't a you know, this is this is open to everyone, but I will say this since you're here. The next listener curated episode is for Patreon supporters only. Cuz they deserve a special bone here Absolutely. and there. Absolutely. And that's going to be an all Seagull Stinkeroo episode. <laughs> so everybody, and Aaron Kahn suggested this. So Aaron, oh. thank you. It's a good idea. So everyone, find your, it can be from a band you like, it can be from a band you hate, but I want I want the the worst of the worst. That's <laughs> what I want. Fun. So that's what I'll have next. to contribute to that too, I and, would hope. Yeah, you have to. You have to be first. <laughs> I got to pick something I haven't already played. All right, here we go. Let me turn this up. And then I start it because we go right into the... Greetings, rockers and solitaires. West Anthony here. 
The UK band Blur enjoyed pretty decent success with their debut album Leisure in 1991, followed by an almost immediate backlash, because that's what the British music press does. <laughs> their follow-up, He's not wrong. 1993's Modern Life is Rubbish, was and is more highly regarded, but it didn't sell as well. It was their third album that really hit the target, a multi-platinum success, a defining moment in the Britpop scene, and the first of six consecutive number one albums in the UK, which includes every studio album they've released since then. The lead vocal on this song was performed by actor Phil Daniels, who you may remember as Jimmy in the film adaptation of Quadrophenia. Here's Blur with the title track to their 1994 album, Park Life. I get up when I want, except on Wednesdays when I get rudely awakened by the dustman. I put my trousers on, have a cup of tea, and I think about leaving the house. I feed the pigeons, I sometimes feed the sparrows too. It gives me a sense of enormous well-being. And then I'm happy for the rest of the day. Safe in the knowledge there will always be a bit of my heart devoted to it. Fun. I don't know anything about Blur. What do you know? What can you tell me? Do you know Blur? The Damon Albarn? I have no uh, idea. The head of that one? I have no idea. Again, we could look things up, but we're not going to. It's a band I know they were much bigger in the UK than, than here. Yeah. Yeah, their big hit here was... You'll find that out soon, but... Uh, this is when Kyle comes in handy. Yeah. Look this shit up, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> we should just have him on speakerphone and just put a mic by the phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How's he doing, by the way? Good, good. They're in Brooklyn. Is that still a hot spot? I think it'll always be a hot spot. Any city that big and then we're stacked on. It's hard to social distance there, man. Yeah. They're going to have to just be on it. You got you know. to come to the fucking valley if you want to social distance. <laughs> I know. You got a pool here. Let's How is the pool? Uh, the pool is good, but probably better for you would be the pond today. Ah, <laughs> Caddyshack reference. Love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. This is, uh, this is one of our listeners from Canada. Let's hear it. Hello, solid rockers. It's your Name That Tune participation trophy champion, Glenn K. Amo again. No, I'm actually not picking a song from Randy Newman's third album, Sail Away, although seriously, it's great T to B, as the kids say. Instead, <laughs> I'm going in another direction, a weird and stupid direction. Specifically, I'm choosing the title track from Weird Al Yankovic's third studio album, Dare to be Stupid. Proving he can do more than just parody songs, this album has five original tunes on it, and they're all great, but this song is a convincing Devo sound-alike, or pastiche if you want to sound like a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Here's Weird Al Yankovic with Dare to be Stupid. Well, friend of the show, Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Does sound like Devo. Absolutely. Have you seen the Devo face shields? No. Oh, they're great. Put on the chainsaw and listen to me. It's time for us to join in the fight. It's time to let your babies grow up to be cowboys. It's time to let the bed bugs fight. You better put all your eggs in one basket. You better cut your chicken before they hatch. You better sell some wine before it's time. You better find yourself on a stool scratch. You better squeeze. 
<laughs> it doesn't sound that far removed from a real Devo lyric. <laughs> Good pick, Glenn K. Amo. Yeah. Very nice. I was right on Damon Albarn and Blur. Damon Albarn and Blur. All righty. But uh, they had a song, they called Song 2, that was a hit here. And there's a song on that Brit uh, box thing that I sent you called Tracy Jacks that they sang. Oh, cool. Actually good. I don't, um, I don't know how I feel about uh, bands having um, face masks, selling face masks with their logo on. And I mean, are they making money off of something you know, bad, you well, know what I'm saying? It's the Paul, well, the Devo thing, it's all part of the Devo hat. It okay. comes with the Devo hat and, you know. So people might not, people are buying that just to, as a collector's thing. They might not Maybe. wear that to yeah. Target. <laughs> you see how people dress in Target? Well, that's true. Of course they would. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right, moving on. Here's our next one. Oh, what's Ooh. that? Hey, something calling? It's coming from my computer. Uh, Okay. Someone's just sending me a Facebook message. I got to close out a Safari or that's going to happen all the time. There we go. We don't edit this out. Why would we? <laughs> this is going to take me more time. I got to edit music into You're this. You're editing these ed- days. I like it. I'm, yeah, I am editing. It's crazy. But the thing is, when I listen to these files back in these interviews, when I'm thinking of my next thing to ask, I do the, uh, I'll do like a real long um when I'm editing. Cut the, that out. Those are right out. Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. And here we go. Hello, Rock Solid listeners. Andy from Florida here. Andy. My third album choice is from perhaps my all-time favorite band, The Posies. Frosting on the Beater was indeed their breakthrough album, where this power pop band added some muscle to their guitars and produced their biggest hit, Dream All. My choice from this record is Flavor of the Month. Enjoy. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> but his intro was only 21 seconds, which That's is like, Keep it tight, people. Way to go, Andy. song yeah did you know that that song i did not know that one i did not know that song either andy's done this before so he knows that uh 21 seconds is sweet more than enough time get in get out folks some of the uh some of the people that have never done it before that's that's when they get a little long or or if they have a story that they're telling how the song relates to them or something maybe they met their wife too to the song or something less is always more (laughs) whether it's on comedy on stage you're giving a presentation a speech to anyone I feel like Cut I want, I feel Edit. like I feel like I want to tell you how long the intros are before we hear them just so you can get, you know, angry. No. This next Sorry. intro is going to be You know what send it to me and I'll cut them for you. This next intro is 56 seconds. Okay. How's that? Still yeah. too much. You think 30. I said I'd give people I'd give them 30 to 45. 30 to 45, 45 tops. There's nothing you can right. 45 minutes on stage, 45 second intro. Tops. Unless you're Ken Severa, and then 20 minutes on stage. <laughs> and, and I'll take that headliner money. Okay. 
Here we go. Hi, everybody. Hey, Rock Solid Nation. This is Jeff Scoble coming at you from Detroit again, contributing to the third album, Listener Topic. Took a vacation last week, so missed out on adding a song about girls, so I didn't want to miss two in a row. We don't care, Had Jeff. Had foolishly fallen into my trap, allowing oh, me once on. again to get a Kansas song played Joking. on Rock Solid. I can't say that Kansas' third album, Mask, released in 1975, did much change people's opinion of the band, although it was eventually certified gold after their highest-selling albums, Left Overture and Point of No Return, were released the following two years. Still, there were some great songs on this album, including one of my personal favorites, Icarus, Born on Wings of Steel, a great Carrie Livgren pen song that sort of set the tone for what the band would evolve into in subsequent albums. Wonderful violin work, great bass and synth, and of course the stellar vocals of Steve Walsh. This song also has the distinction of being the only Kansas song I'm aware of that spawned a sequel, Icarus 2, on their 2000 comeback album Somewhere Elsewhere that reunited the original band members. A really fantastic song that really shows what Kansas is all about. Enjoy. That sounds great in the headphones. It really does. <laughs> That's our very own American prog rock band, yeah. Kansas. Everything sounds good on that one. Jeff is a gigantic Kansas fan. It's his favorite uh, favorite band, so he's going to love when I interview uh, Phil Ehart and uh, post that in a couple weeks. Um, now, see, Jeff, you could tell he was he had a lot to say, but he was he was rushing through it. So I think we, he wrote it down and uh, prepared. He prepared. He prepared. He blasted through it. He wrote it. He, he got a story out. No, no ums or hums or uhs no, or no. no. Good job. Good job, prepared. Jeff. Professional. Now, this next guy's got a great voice for radio. Wait to hear this guy. He does a good job on these. I'm not saying other people didn't do a good job. I'm just saying this guy. And by the way, all the all my complaints uh, are accepted for uh, Tony Greathouse because I can listen to that guy read anything. Oh, I'll. I'll he, he, he's uh, <laughs> He takes his time in a slow Southern way yep. that I could listen to him read the phone book. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump him up to uh, to go right <laughs> to go next after okay. this guy. Here we go. Hey, hey, it's rock solid time once again. This is Kevin Hartbarger coming to you live from Chicagoland. Good microphone. The Clash's third yep. album, London Calling, is my favorite record of all time. Good call. It's a masterpiece. But my choice today for the third album episode is Hearts of Oak by Ted Leo and the Pharmacists. Ooh, he's reaching there. This band yeah. lived on the fringe of the indie rock world throughout the early 2000s and never really got much mainstream attention, though they were definitely critically acclaimed. In a lot of ways, Ted Leo is a descendant of Joe Strummer, a punk poet full of sound and fury. He's got a lot to say about the world, and you should listen. So from 2003's Hearts of Oak, here is Ted Leo and the Pharmacists with Where Have All the Rude Boys Gone? Enjoy, and Pat, as always, thanks for having me. Go fucking oh. Yeah, I was going to. That's waiting. what I thought he was going to say. <laughs> Time like these when a necklace for a knife, wrist for a razor, heart 
I like that. That's a good song. The songs are really good this week. I got to be yeah, honest. Ted Leo and the Pharmacists. I'm going to have to <laughs> dig a little deeper on them. I'm going to leave Tony Greathouse in the lineup right where he is so we have something to look for. Okay. But we are going to hear it. Now, this, you'll, you'll love this, Mike. This intro is 28 seconds. Oh, sweet. 28 seconds. And we get into, it's a lady. Let's get some ladies in the mix. And this is also from Canada. Hi, Pat. It's Karen Landry from Moncton, New Brunswick. And no, I'm not picking Blue Rodeo's third album, although it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I chose Smith's third album from 1986, The Queen is Dead. In my opinion, the album is perfect, even though Morrissey's now kind of a douchebag. It was very tough to pick a fave, because each song is good. So I'm going with the song, The Boy with the Thorn in His Side. Thanks, and have a great week. I've ever heard a uh, Smith's album uh, from top to bottom, but when I when people suggest them and they're played here, I, I like what I'm hearing. What about you? How are you with the Smiths? I'm uh, indifferent, but I have a few of their songs. I mean, I, I don't mind it. His yeah. voice gets to me after a while. Have you ever seen them? Uh, I've not seen them live. You have no. not seen them live. You're not going to enjoy this next intro, Mike. I can tell you why. It's it's uh, it's one minute and forty five seconds. Oh, okay. that's a lot. Pick it up, folks. Pick it up. Get to the point. This is, I think this guy might be his first time. Okay. No, I don't want to sound like, you know. I'm, yeah, like a cranky old yeah, man. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, move it along. Yeah. See, I can't do this when I record them by myself. I can't make fun of anything. <laughs> but, uh, so, Yo, you can if you wanted to. But I can't. Not by myself. You need, you need a jerk like me to come in. and These people are so happy, lucky Kyle's not. No, look, I'm, I don't want to make fun of people. It's not their uh, gig, and I'm glad that they are submitting, and uh, I'm happy that they're listening. Like, so I, don't don't listen to me, folks, in I, terms of, you know, do I, what you want. I have had some people, like, they're recording while they're out walking they're doing yeah. it and i tell them sit still i tell them just go sit in your car yeah like if it's too or go in the closet at your house the car is actually a great uh soundproof it place. is yeah it is or, or or in a excuse me in a closet yeah all right here we go or in a coffin one minute 45 seconds <laughs> hi pat and the rock solid listeners my name is george worley sounds good i've sounds listened good, to just yeah. about every episode of this terrific podcast Thank some you, more than once and i was born and raised in the great state of pennsylvania about 75 minutes west of Pat's hometown of Hollidaysburg. Excellent. I live in Punxsutawney, uh, which is oh. moderately famous for being the home of the groundhog, Punxsutawney Phil, who predicts either an early spring or six more weeks of winter every February 2nd. For my first ever listener submission, I wanted to go back to July of 1985, the year I graduated from high school. MTV was still huge. Back to the Future was a smash. July, that's late. And four yeah. fun-loving guys <laughs> from the Sunset Strip known as Motley Crue 
were climbing the charts with a cover song from their third album, Theater of Pain. Of course, I'm talking about Smoking in the Boys' Room, which was originally performed by a group called Brownsville Station in 1973. This mostly faithful cover became the group's first top 40 hit and was no doubt helped by a classic video that featured iconic character actor Michael Berryman as the principal, along with a satanic dog that eats homework. <laughs> Motley Crue became a bit of a joke as time went on, what with all the drugs, alcohol, and assorted dysfunction. But at the time, I honestly thought they were just a fun band who liked to dress up a bit. Watching the dirt sure paints a different picture, but to the 17-year-old me, these guys were pretty cool. Although I was crushed when Heather Locklear started dating Tommy Lee. Me too. <laughs> Stay safe, everyone. And Pat, thanks for all you do for the listeners and for playing a song by a group that you despise. But at least I didn't ask you to play Brandon. I queued up the song so you can hear Vince Neil name drop all the band members, which if I recall correctly, something you enjoy in a song. That's true. I promise my intros will never be this long again. Now here's Motley Crue's like Smoking in the Boys Room. Okay. It's a seagull stinkeroo. All right. Well, first of all, George, that was an excellent, excellent intro. Yeah. It really was a great intro. It was intro. a good job. He planned it out. Yes. He, and he, there were no wasted moments in yes. that. So good job, George. No problem. Um, I threw in the Seagull Stink Sting. <laughs> I've never liked that song. I didn't even like the, I never even liked the Brownsville, the Brownsville Station? Station song. I don't mind the song, but it, uh, the album is terrible, right? Is this uh, the one with Theater Home Sweet Home? Yeah, that's the only thing on that album that's good. Maybe City Boy Blues, maybe. <laughs> but it's for the most part, it's a horrible, horrible third album. <laughs> like they shouldn't have got to do a fourth. Well, Home Sweet Home hit. It was big. And they brought the ladies out. The yeah. girls bought the album because of that lady. And the video was played nonstop. Yes, for sure, for sure. But um but great intro. That was a great intro. It sounded it was recorded very good well. Job. It sounded the man good. did his homework. Yeah, I liked it all. And, and then at the end, he promised that it would never be that long again, <laughs> which brings me to this guy. Self-awareness. See, self-aware. that's good. Self-aware. Brings me to this guy at one minute and 23 seconds. All right. You don't have to give every uh, Hello, time. Pat. All right. Brian Berkey from PA here. Hello, Brian Berkey. Of a song from the band's crucial third album. The band I have selected is the Smithereens from the Ooh. Garden State of New Jersey. Their first two LPs, especially for you, from 1986. Great album. And the superb Green Thoughts from 1988 gave the band some modest mainstream success, including an appearance on MTV's Unplugged, where Graham Parker joined them to sing the band's Behind the Wall of Sleep. Hmm. The third album came out in 1990 and was titled Eleven. It kicks off with what is almost certainly the band's signature tune, A Girl Like You. This is my selection. Great song. Unfortunately, the Smithereens would not rock it to the level of stardom they probably deserved. Maybe they got steamrolled by the grunge movement of the early 90s. In <laughs> fact, 
the band would record a song called Sick of Seattle on their 1994 record, A Date with the Smithereens. Eventually, the band went through a prolonged period where they released multiple albums of nothing but Beatles or Who covers, which is about the time when even I started to tune out. And sadly, lead singer Pat Denizio would die of cancer at the age of 62 just a few years ago. The surviving band still occasionally tours with friend of the Rock Solid podcast, Marshall Crenshaw. Thank you, Brian. Mm-hmm. Damn right. <laughs> great song. Yeah, I got to listen to these Smithereens albums because this sounds great. Did I give them to you? I gave you especially for you, the first one. Yeah, all your CDs are here. I know. Listen to it. I used to travel in the shadows and I never found another track and walk up to you. But now I am a man and I know that there's no time to waste, there's too much to lose. Girl, you said anything at all, and you know that you can call and I'll be right there for you. First love, heartbreak, tough luck, big mistake, what else can you do? I'll say anything you want to hear I'll see everything through I'll do anything I have to do Just to win the love of a girl like you Good song. Great song. Yeah, that is... Between me and Murray, we've been pushing the smithereens on you for about five years, and you refuse to listen. If you knew how much music gets sent to me every day by people you got to hear this and then they send me like four albums by a band it's just it's it's rough <laughs> i i accept them i accept all of it don't stop sending but it's uh yeah it takes some time i know it takes some time i know but we know you enough that we wouldn't recommend something you wouldn't like that's true that's true and that's there's nothing worse than that when someone recommends something to you and you start and you're like Oh, this isn't I don't like this at all. I whittled down that 2 CD box set or 4 CD box set on the Brit box mm-hmm. to songs that I know you would like. Yeah. And you still haven't listened to it. I have the whole Brit box. In I here. gave you a whole playlist that I would edited. Speaking of editing, I edited it down for you. I appreciate it. Yeah, maybe one day listen to it while you're sitting around a pool. <laughs> yeah, cuz that's what I do. Yeah, you're in the car driving <laughs> your daughter to work. Wait, driving him nowhere. There's no I haven't been in the car for months. Well, all right. All right, so yeah, daughter well, to work, school. I mean, yeah, she's not da- going to school. Is she's not going to school? Is she? No, no, no. She's wow. uh, she uh, dropped out. Good. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. No, it's going to be from uh, it's going to be from home for, oh, for Rita. Boy, oh boy. All right, this is one from me, and, th- and this is only I only have this one and then the playout song. But this is a pivotal third album from the British heavy metal band called Iron Maiden, because. This is the one that introduces the new lead singer. Bruce Dickinson. They get rid of Paul Diano and they bring in Bruce Dickinson. And this guy is the voice of Iron Maiden. So from the number of the beast, everybody run to the hills. Ah, great song.
know that's not really your thing, but if you ever have a chance to see them live, it's I would go. It's quite a spectacle. It's really good. Did I, I just miss them, or did they cancel? Oh, you just saw them in uh, San Francisco. I, I think. Yeah, I, I went up to Oakland to see them. Uh, they did play down here, but um, for guys in their sixties, they run around. They oh, yeah? do like they don't. I don't know if they all get cortisone shots prior to <laughs> in the knees before they get on the stage, but man, they really, really put on a show. It's it's excellent. Excellent, excellent. Up the irons. Up the irons, you motherfuckers. I had the I had the <laughs> okay. swear words. Yeah. Okay, this is uh next up. This guy's uh intro is one minute, so that's not bad. Not bad. Hi Pat and Rock Salad Podcast listeners. Oh, so Chicago. This is Mike Wiles from Naperville, Illinois. Yeah, I heard that accent my in a third second. Album entry is a song from one of my favorite third albums, Panorama by the Cars. Following their self-titled debut in 78. And Candio in 79. This album, released in 1980, didn't sell as well as their previous two albums and did not receive the critical acclaim as the other albums, but I feel it is very underrated. I, feel, I think Rick Ocasek took the band to new directions on this album with great results. Even though there are a lot of great tracks on Panorama, my favorite <laughs> is the last song on the album, Up and Down. Good one. It really rocks, and you can tell the song is heavily inspired by the great T-Rex song, Jeepster. So I hope you enjoy Up and Down from the Cars' third album, Panorama. Or in UK, it would be Panorama. Panorama. A lot of headphone action happening. Friend of the show. Produced by Roy Thomas Baker, who is toying with me on Twitter. Oh. Anytime I mention him, he likes the tweet, he retweets just it. messing with you. Then he followed me. Oh. Which gives me the ability to message him. But now he hasn't answered a message yet. <laughs> but uh, Christy and I want to want to interview him because i mean alice cooper cheap trick journey foreigner the cars lindsey buckingham devo yes i mean that's just eight off the top of my head oh yeah absolutely i think i worked with everybody the darkness i mean in queen (laughs) heard of them heard of them i mean it's just ridiculous what were the other songs on panorama uh give me some slack was there a hit on that Big, not, on that album, not really. Touch and go, touch and go. What was the so? But their follow up was the was big. You mean the, the second fourth album? album? Their fourth the album. fourth album was Shake It Up. And yeah, that okay, had, there yeah, you had, go. That had big, and then Heart, okay. Heartbeat City was huge. But yeah, this one's not. This is I love this album, but it's like it's probably one of the weaker ones in their small catalog. Door to door being the worst. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. not, it's not very good. Uh, everybody likes the kinks. I hope if you listen to this show, I hope you like the kinks. Let's hear, uh, 
Let's hear about the kinks right now with an intro that's one minute and 13 seconds. <laughs> okay. Hey, Rock Solid listeners. This is Simbags, Mike Bagford from Urbana, Ohio. I love this band. Mario from the Soup Complex loves this band. Pat Francis loves this band. I think Wes Anthony loves this band. This band is The Kinks. This is from their third album, The Kink Controversy. And this is a track called I'm on an Island. And this song kind of states my feelings of how I feel at the moment <laughs> by doing all this self-quarantining where it feels like I'm disconnected from a lot of people. And I feel like, well, I'm on an island. I'm sure there's a bunch of other people that feel the same way. So it's always good to do these episodes, and I thank Pat for letting us have the opportunity to do so, and that way it gives him a break from having to do the whole entire episode solo. <laughs> thank you, sir. And I'm sure he would want to spare everybody from just having to hear him. What? But we love you, Pat, and I hope everyone <laughs> loves the song. The Kinks, I'm on an island. I thought he was going to play Ape Man. That would work. <laughs> but not on the third album. Oh, it's not a... is on their ninth album. Oh, really? And that's like 1970. Yeah, I think so, as I think as far as catalogs go, I think uh, uh, the Beatles have the least studio albums. Then, then the Who I think just has maybe one more studio album than the Beatles. Then the then the Kinks, but only because the Stones never stopped. Yeah, right. They're still making them. I mean, the Kinks stopped in '92, and the Stones probably have. So what year was this third album from the Kinks? This was 1965. 65? Oh, yeah. God. Okay. Yeah, the first three albums are, uh, they all have big highlights, but none, I don't like, I don't really like them as albums. Right. By the 70s, 60s and 70s, I mean, you were pretty much required to make one a year, at least. Yeah, absolutely. So they were cranking them out. Yeah, a lot of them are only like eight songs, nine songs. And Ray Davies writing all the songs. You know, it's not like, and Dave would write one one here. But I mean, really, and and Ray producing eventually all the things. So that guy's a machine, a machine, machine. All right, here's a guy that uh, Mike Siegel enjoys. Oh, no. Okay, who's this? Hey y'all, Tony oh, Greathouse in East Alabama oh. with this week's song submission. Great topic of third album, favorite third album. Yeah, I hate to be predictable, and I wasn't planning on going back to this well so soon. But I've got to pick the Drive-By Truckers. Their third album was a double album, the Southern Rock Opera, released on 9-11-2001. It centers around the mythology of Leonard Skinner, for the most part, using that to tell the story of the South, a new South, rallying against the old South, also still loving 
the South, and that's me. I knew I felt that way. I didn't know how to express some of the feelings I had, and this album really helps. The song I'm picking is Ronnie and Neil. It's a song Patterson Hood wrote about Leonard Skinner coming to Muscle Shoals to record Sweet Home Alabama, which was, as we all know, a response to Neil Young's song, Alabama and Southern Man. Patterson Hood's dad, David Hood, is one of the original Swampers. He's a bass player. He's amazing. So this song takes place in Muscle Shoals and tells the story. If you start at two minutes, I will play for about a minute. <laughs> okay. I think you'll get a good idea of what I'm talking about. Listen to the story. Y'all be sweet. Thank you, Pat. That song's about Ronnie James Dio and Neil Diamond. <laughs> exactly. No idea. Uh, Tony plays the um, Name That Tune every week with us on the uh, via the Zoom. And yesterday, uh, I think his granddaughter was waking up for the nap, from her nap, so he had to go. So he, uh, so he goes, hey, 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 y'all, I got to go. And he clicks off. And then, you know, I made the, the joke, uh, oh, I'm real glad Tony's gone. <laughs> And then all of a sudden he popped back up for a second. And I'm like, hey, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if Tony heard that or not, but. Uh, ah, that voice, I could just listen to him read it. He needs to uh, do some audiobooks, And I would just listen to it all day long. It's like you can feel the molasses falling all out of his mouth. It's just like, it's just, it's like dripping like Southern barbecue sauce. It's just like, so, I don't know. Now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Molasses, barbecue sauce. I'm going to grill up hot dogs when we're done. Okay. How about that? Not vegan friendly. Are you, well, I do have some, uh, I do have some smart dogs. I'm not vegan. All right. So you'll eat a hot dog. Yeah, sure. I haven't had a hot dog in a long time. Though. I just, none of those things I keep in the house. I don't want to go to, in the summer we do because the grill. Yeah. And uh, you have kids too. They're Hebrew national. I'm not even making a joke. <laughs> really? Yeah. So they're kosher. Oh, in that case. Because you keep kosher. Right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, here's another person that has a very soothing voice. Okay. And uh, here we go. Greetings, Rock Solid friends. This is Carly Anderson in Denver, Ooh, Colorado. Nice yeah. My third album choice is also my favorite record, London Calling by The Clash. Uh, it's a winner. This album is a world unto itself of colorful, desperate, and tragic characters, my favorite of which is The Card Cheat. 
This song closes out side three of the double album, and it features Mick Jones's outstanding vocal performance and also his piano playing. Joe Strummer sounds amazing on the guitar, Topper on the drums, and add to it the Irish horns. Halfway through the song, we move from the end of the story of our gambler whose swindle goes wrong uh, to a beautiful elegy for someone whose time has just run out a little too soon. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. song yeah good job carly carly runs the zoom room every week for the name that tune game i always like to imagine that carly has an alter ego because she has a she has three young kids i think they're all under 10 or under 12 how does she have time to run the zoom well that, i i always i always here's my alter ego of her that sweet voice is, is like this is mommy's time <laughs> <laughs> two hours a weekend. That's all I want. Mommy's recording an intro yeah, now for every, her submission this week. You guys better shut up. Take these kids. Take them for a drive. I got a clash intro to record, <laughs> yeah. and I will not be interrupted. I will not. Hi, Rock Solid people. Hi. This is this is, big Jones on vocals. <laughs> her husband has a cool job. He's a fencing instructor. Really? How cool is that? Inigo Montoya? <laughs> Prepare to die. <clears throat> my name is Indy. You killed my father. Maybe that's what he says to get those kids. Every to, time. Those kids to be quiet a for a second. A fencing instructor. A fencing instructor. First of all, that you can get work today in this climate as a fencing instructor. But if you stay six feet away, uh, how long are those fencing? What are those called? What are <laughs> the things called? An, a sword? No. Is it an epi? No, there's a special name for it. A lance? It's not that. It's a... I'm not even going to try. A weapon? I'm not even going to try. All right, here's a guy that his intro clocks into 29 seconds, so we, we love you. We love you already. Hey, Pat. Craig Trombley from Ontario, Canada here. Uh, for this topic, I chose Nico Case's third album, Blacklisted. Um, I think it's a great album, and, and the songwriting is a lot more diverse than previous two albums for her, to my ear anyway. Um, song I chose is I Wish I Was the Moon. It's a beautiful song. Her vocals are amazing as always um and please pick it up at about a minute 15 thanks pat take care everybody Last year. Very nice. Jim 
Meatloaf. No. <laughs> She's no meatloaf. I think I played her song Bad Luck on oh, the, yeah, uh, the show last year. Yes. I always forget. Chip my tooth on an engagement ring. That's a, uh, and that's bad luck. <laughs> that that's is one of luck. the lines from that song. Wait, isn't that ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> Atlantis has a new album out as of Friday. Oh, did, did she update ironic for like, hmm. as, no. as like a Trump thing? No. I think she, there's some viral stuff on that. That she's doing? I is could it, be. Yeah, I think I could be wrong there, yeah, but I thought might, I saw that. Maybe she's doing that for some giggles. Yeah. This might be, I think this is the shortest intro of the week, Mike. This is 15 seconds. Wow. What can you do in 15 seconds? Let's find out. I mean, hey, Pat. Kingsley Dwyer from Adelaide, Australia. When you mentioned uh, third albums, I could only think of the Smithereens 11, a classic album bottom. Uh, the song I'd like you to play is Baby Be Good. That's it. That's all you need. I like it. Well, he's sending that halfway around the world. He had to keep it tight. <laughs> Took four days to get here. Yeah. Be good, baby, every night. Better be good, you know it's only right. Baby, be good till I come back home. Baby, don't be bad because you're all alone. This guy doesn't sound like his voice. It looked like his voice sounds. Pat Denuzio? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he was not a uh, MTV, MTV friendly face. No, if he's he, kind of balding and, uh, yeah, you know, short if, guy. If he was, a lot of these, that's what happens to a lot of these guys, like a Graham Parker. They get. Uh, yeah. Christopher Cross. Yeah. MTV was not, uh, yeah, they were not visual guys. <laughs> no, well, they were visual, but not with these guys. And also, I mean, all those 70s bands, think about it. I mean, that, that crushed them. Kansas, Fog Hat, <laughs> yes. the Doobie Brothers. Look at what Steve Walsh from Kansas wears in concert. It's hysterical. Yeah. No, sh no shirt. But, he, but, he, but that's okay. He can pull that off. Then he has tube socks up to the knee and then like <laughs> tiny white shorts. It's like he's going to a barbecue. Yes. In 1978. Yeah, in a trailer park. <laughs> and that's the lead singer of your prog rock band. Yeah. Look at Boston and those concerts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Brad Delp is wearing like a, a <laughs> T-shirt from another band on there. And just and, like... And the bell bottom is this, yeah. this big around. <laughs> all right, here we go. This guy this guy always tries to wedge his favorite band in this show. And we allow it here because what am I going to do? What am I going to say? Oh, I didn't get your email. Here we go. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is David Escutieras. And I am bringing you a song by Fastball. Fastball. Hey, I called it. From their 2000 <laughs> album, Harsh Light of Day. This song is called You're an Ocean. This was a song that really should attract, but um, didn't quite hit the Billboard charts uh, as it should have. Um, one thing of note, uh, Tony Scalzo wrote this, but the piano that you're going to hear on it is by one Billy Preston, the fifth Beatle. And there's a great story that goes along nothing with this song. Nothing from nothing um, means All he did was nothing. give them two takes of the song and uh, then quickly left the studio. Anyway, 
You're an ocean, ladies and gentlemen. Fastball with Billy Preston. Oh. It's a seagull stinkaroo. I got no problem with fastball. He's going to be so mad I did that. I know. Preston. Eyes that rise to meet me halfway up among the stars. You may be from Venus, but I'm definitely not from Mars. You're an ocean, you're an ocean. Settle down, settle down. What's a commotion? I'm an island, but you're an ocean. It's a stormy sea of love and emotion. You got me suspended motion. That song's 20 years old. It's crazy. I know. I think that was the one fastball album I owned. The Harsh Light of Day is the album. Good album. David, as you were talking is when I slid that sting in there. I didn't have that planned. I just, uh, it just, it just. It is not a stinkeroo. It's It's not a stinkeroo. It's not a stinkeroo at all. Pat was just being funny. I was being, having shits and giggles. What would your mom say to that? Oh, you're Uh, being funny. (laughs) Oh, isn't, no, my mom would say, isn't he awful? (laughs) Or she'll say, isn't he terrible? (laughs) Let me see if I can get my mom on mic here. I think I can. Oh, you got her there? Oh, is it not working anymore? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. All right. (laughs) Needs a battery of some type, I guess. You had it recorded on, what is that thing? Hold on. It's uh, it's a, it's the thing that she, uh, that my mom recorded for in the bear. For yeah, the bear. This oh. is like the thing, but maybe it just needs a battery. I hope you enjoy this bear. I made this for you. Man, I made you this monkey. <laughs> a big. Uh, maybe I have. Maybe I just have the the audio right here in the computer. Now I gotta find it because, uh, I brought it up. Let me type. Did it. your mom smoke? Nana? To get that uh, Tom Waits voice? Yeah, she smoked for a long time, but then oh. she... Oh, I got... Oh, and that's, that's her phone message. Is this her phone? Okay. <laughs> She's so proud of this because she loves to gamble. Here we go. Come on. Hi, this is Lucy. I'm busy at the slots right now. Please leave a message. <laughs> and then she laughs at the end. She's such a kick out of herself. Hi, this <laughs> is I'm at the slots. A lot of Paul Malls in that voice. <laughs> yeah, she quit when she was. Uh, she quit smoking when she was seventy-two. Oh my gosh! I know. Really? Smoked since she was like sixteen, and <gasps> she's eighty-four now. So she probably bought herself some time for yeah. sure. So good job. All right, now I lost my place. Where are we? Uh oh. Uh oh. So you grew up with that in the house. Mm-hmm. Smoking oh, probably knocked a couple of years off your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did your dad too? Yeah, but he quit. He quit like in the in the seventies. He quit smoking. I guess he was just done with it. Uh, but she kept we? on. She kept on. Boy, that's a tough. On. Usually, they both have to quit. Yeah, she would only smoke in the kitchen. Eventually, and then only weed. And then we'd have to. <laughs> and then we'd have to paint the the white walls in the kitchen every three weeks. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a guy whose intros are always uh, nice and tight. 
This is, uh, you know. Hi, this is Matt Berkey. My Berkey. first concert was in 2003. I was 14 and had gone to see ZZ Top. The encore came from their third album, 1973's Trey Ombre. Play it from the top and play it loud. This is LaGrange. It's a perfect intro. Yeah. How old is Trey Ombre? How old did he say he was? Not in French. <laughs> it sounds like I'm 40 years older than him. Yeah. He was 14 in 83? Or uh, 2003. Yeah, 2004 in 89. At least Kyle's age. Oof. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me Never get tired of this song. No, I love it. And when it kicks in, it's killer. Yeah. I've never seen ZZ Top, but I'm going to rectify I never have that. Either. You mean Christy, 2021. And then we'll hear Mary say, I'd like to go to yeah. that. How, 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 how. get a sound yeah when they recorded man yeah that sounds great you know when i throw down a yeah man <laughs> yeah man yeah man they knew what they were up to they could lay down a solid groove man for sure dude hey this next guy he played zoom with us yesterday name that zoom is what i'll call it and then he just signed up for uh for patreon so thank you mike drew how long does the zoom game last I played it once, but then I forget every week. I believe 45 minutes in, you said, how much longer are we going to do this for? <laughs> it, goes, it goes two to two and a half hours. Oh, boy. Okay. And there's a, it's like a solid 20 to 25 people who play it. And you people with kids have that kind of time. My kids asleep. I have that kind of time, but I don't even My kids it. asleep at that. She sleeps till like four in the afternoon. Pilar's teaching on Saturday, so I come up here right. and I can do it. With, and, no, with no air conditioning, too. I did it with no air conditioning. I did it, I was, you know, no clothes, but... Is there a prize for somebody who wins? Uh, this week's prize was a copy of the new Pretenders. Uh, I supply a prize every week. Oh, that's nice. I got roped into that. <laughs> well, I, I do remember one time, I, the one time I played, there was one guy that was just dominating. Oh, yeah, there's two guys that dominate. Dave Festini, I think, uh, I, think I know his address by memory now from sending him prizes. Yeah. I was like, and, is uh, his Zoom uh, connection faster and, than all of ours, or is and, he just that good? And Joe Reynolds is really good. And, uh, you know, Kevin Hartbarger's good, and, and uh, Josh Fitzgerald's good. Everyone's, you know... even. But it's funny, even the guys that aren't great still play, and they have fun, because we have shenanigans. Yeah. And I just want to win one week, and then, so then I can say, no prize. <laughs> if I win, there's no prize. I get a prize. All right, here's Mike Drew. Hey, Pat, Pat's family, and rock solid listeners. Uh, it's Mike from just outside Toronto again. And a lot for of the Canadians. third album yeah. selection, I have chose Butch Walker's The Rise and Fall of Butch Walker and the Let's Go Out Tonight's. And if you're not familiar with Butch Walker, he's got a long history in the music business, which I won't get into here, but he's definitely <laughs> worth checking out. Um, he used to be in a band called The Marvelous Three, but his third solo album was definitely a throwback to kind of early 70s glam, Bowie, uh, T-Rex, Slade, that kind of stuff. Anyway, the song I have chosen is Too Famous to Get Fully Dressed. Check it out. Hope everybody's well. Look after each other. Take care. It was a hell of a party last night. I can't believe 
kids to stay away from clubs I remember my first beer too I could have used a little more to do The conversation got snorted and came from my shoes So let's go to the coffee shop Dress as we are and make the people think it's what we do Oh, there is a la-la-la I like that. I do too. Butch Walker, he's he's involved in tons of projects with tons of people and yeah, tons of tons of stuff. I'm going to use the word tons, a ton. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. I, I enjoyed that song. I was rocking out over here. This next guy you actually know uh, personally. I do? Yeah, you oh. do. It's not David Wilde. Is Wild. it Murray? It's not Murray. <laughs> it's not David Wilde. This guy's traveled. Don't say his name. I'll give you a hint. Him and his brother have traveled uh, from where they live to Chicago to watch you do stand-up oh, comedy. Oh, yes. The Hanson brothers. I told you not to say it. Oh, sorry. Hello, Pat and Rock Solid. This is Dave Hanson from Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. Hope all are doing well. New father. Uh, I want to talk about yeah. the band The Sounds. They don't get a whole lot of love here in the States, but uh, they're a fun band. They debuted in 2002, got six albums. They just released their sixth uh, about a month ago in June. And... Uh, you know, have been one of my favorite bands since, you know, right after the first album dropped. Um, but their third album, called Crossing the Rubicon, came out in 2009. And they just recorded it all around the U.S., kind of wherever they were touring. And I think this one came in, uh, they recorded it in New York. And they had a little bit of help polishing up this and another song. Um by James Eha and Adam Schlesinger. Uh, they've got a little tiny... Rock and you know, Peace. Also, yes. you know, help, helped by or whatever in the, in the album credits. But um, the lead single from this album was No One Sleeps When I'm Awake. And when it came out, it was a mental patient song for me and still pretty much is. So enjoy. I like that too. I think Rita would like that. From Sweden, the sounds. From Sweden. Uh, Rita told me the other day, Dad, you think it's time to record uh, Rita's playlist uh, part two? I go, do you have songs? She goes, oh, I have a new playlist. I'm like, all right, well, we'll do it. What, what should we expect from her jams? What is she into now? I actually like a lot of the songs that she, that she plays. Like there's sometimes we'll be in the car and her playlist will come up and I'll be like, I don't like this one. But Anything from the new Taylor Swift? No, I keep to the new Taylor Swift 
Swift album is amazing, and I keep saying we got to listen to it. But she's she's like she's uh, moved on. Yeah, I think now uh, like uh, forty to sixty year old dads are Taylor Swift's new uh, <laughs> new fans. But it's great. It's really great. Dave Hansen and Ron Hansen co-hosted our number one most downloaded episode of Rock the Queen Solid. one Queen. I got to give a lot of credit to Queen. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Or were they turn, tuning in for the Hanson Brothers? <laughs> well, we'll do, never know, really. They don't do a lot of stuff. No, I mean, so who knows? Um, all right. They were number one, huh? More than all the celebrities and everyone yes, else. Yes, yes. That's great. So I, if I ever got like Brian May on, yeah, what he come in second do? to the Hanson Brothers? He might come in second. <laughs> uh, unless you could get uh, Freddie from the grave, I think, uh, you know, you're done. And then second is uh, Radiohead. But oh, but man. it's it's way behind now. It used to be neck and neck, but now it's there's a big. Does it take like difference. one person from the fan club to like pass it on, and then it just kind of blows up? Maybe, maybe. Although yeah. I've not, but I don't know. I've never gotten emails. I bet from maybe people. most of those were British downloads. Maybe that was that could just be. over because they're too. I don't, like, I don't know if the analytics show me that. We're both on Art Nineteen. Do you ever look at your analytics? Yeah, ever so often. I'm, they got. Um, I mean, most of it, of course, they're all English speaking nations I mean, yeah. it's america and then canada mm-hmm. but ever so often i'll you know some australia some some yeah, uh, it's uk neat. it's really cool but then some weird like malaysia You're malaysia like, huh? three downloads <laughs> yeah uh i will have to they i got an email from art 19 the other day and they said that they have to start charging me more because i'm using up too much bandwidth and i guess that's because of the bonus episodes oh right so uh so patreon people Head over there, patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast, and throw down your $2 because. Uh, and win some prizes. Win you some know? prizes. Get the episodes early. $5 a month. ASAP Club. All right. You can win a Funko. Win a Funko Pop. Siegel uh, returned a present I gave him today. No, I did. You know, I knew you were going to say that, but, you know, <laughs> I'm willing to donate it to. Uh, oh, no. I'm you know keep, me. I'm getting rid of stuff. I'm going to keep it. It's, it's, I live in a small place. I can't. I'm it's, a, it's a Funko. You sit it on your TV. No, I don't need more stuff. <laughs> What's in your apartment right now? I'm getting it down to the essentials. So when I got, I'm gonna mash it. I'm gonna like bug out mash style. When uh, when <laughs> if I have to, <laughs> like as soon as the riots start again, I'm grabbing one bag and I'm gone. Did if you, it can't fit in a Prius, I'm out. It sounds like you're making room to and to put padding on the walls. Yep, because you're going crazy. <laughs> how are you doing with the? I get a lot of emails asking how Mike. Uh, Siegel's doing during the quarantine. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I'm glad people are caring. I tell, I tell people, and I'll tell you, I think you can navigate the world, but you, navigating the walls of your apartment is difficult for you. It is. I mean, if I couldn't get out, uh, you know, I have some friends who were, who were in Italy, you mm-hmm. know, and their lockdown was heavy duty. Like yeah. she was in Milan. and Singing and from the Bologna. balcony. Like really, like if you couldn't leave your apartment more than a block away just to walk your dog and that was it. Wow. And if you were getting in your car, you had to show them a piece of paper where you were going and get an approval and stuff. It was, it was rough. So I could at least take a bike ride and yeah. go on hikes and stuff like that. And that's what saved me going outside. And, uh, but how are Italy's numbers now? Better than ours. Yeah. So maybe it works. It does yeah. work. <laughs> it works. All right. Moving on. I'm waiting for you to Hello, ask Pat and rock solid nation. Jerry Riggs here from Columbus, Ohio for today's bonus episode third studio album by a band or an artist, I chose an artist who actually lived in Columbus, Ohio for a number of years as a kid. That person is Joe Walsh. 
who, by the way, oh, yeah. when I saw him in concert, mentioned that he wrote a song about living in Columbus as a kid called Indian Summer, which appears on the album, but seriously, folks. But back to today's topic, Joe released his third album in December of 1974 called So What? Such songs as Turn to Stone, Help Me Through the Night, feature his future Eagles bandmates, Don Henley, Glenn Fry, and Randy Meisner on backing vocals. The album also contains two of my favorite songs by Joe Walsh, County Fair and today's song choice, Time Out. Pat, you can start this around the 28-second mark. Thanks, Pat. You and your listeners be safe. Sounds like Joe Walsh. Yep. Yeah, have you heard uh, Joe Walsh's radio show, Logan 88.5? <laughs> no, no, is it great? It's every Saturday between 6 and 8, uh, L.A. time. And uh, yeah, it's fun, but you know, his speaking voice, is I, it just cracks me up. What's going on? Hey, this is Joe Walsh. Walsh. <laughs> that was the... <laughs> and he'll play some weird... That's not bad. That's actually a yeah. really good impression. <laughs> That right there, that was the, he'll play like some stuff, some of his own stuff, but a lot of stuff that he that influenced him in the 60s and stuff and growing up, but also some weird stuff. He played some song about Clorox wipes that I guess. <laughs> Did he write it? No, it's just some band that uh, has a hit about I'll be your Clorox wipe. Kids out there probably know what it is, but look for it online. I'm missing uh, I'm COVID missing... blues, and he'll play some weird, and he'll play live in the studio a little bit, and it's just kind of cool. He's been a donor uh, to the station for oh, that's cool. He's and probably so, keeping it afloat. Yeah, and he asked them, he's like, "Hey, could I do a show?" And they're like, "Yes, come on, yeah, do bring your friends, do anything you want." This was a post on Facebook the other day that really rubbed me the wrong way. It was it was a post from from the Troubadour. Oh, yeah. The famous Troubadour. The famous Troubadour. Now, is that Doug Weston's Troubadour? <laughs> I believe it is. Okay, good. But they're basically asking for the consumers and the fans to help them in this time. And it really makes me mad because when I, when I name the people that started there, they could literally buy the thing and keep it afloat. Don Henley, James Taylor, Elton John. Irving Linda Azoff Ronstein. bought the, the uh, burger place right on the West Side Pavilion. The Apple. What is it? The... Uh, he oh, just bought that. it recently? Yes. To, so it would keep going. To save it. Yeah. To so save it. If you look up the Apple who, Pan. If you look up who started at the Troubadour, those people They can, bought the forum, the Eagles and Irving Azov. Come on, man. You uh, could say, if you want to say, yeah, they could. Yeah. Yes. I mean it's it's a legendary thing because they were like saying it's a legendary thing. So like they want the city to do something because it's a it's a historical landmark. But I say no. Don Henley's worth $200 million. Elton John's worth a, a half a billion dollars. These people started there. James Taylor, Steve Martin, Linda Ronstadt. Come on. I know, it's, but I'm trying to look at the comedy equivalent. It'd be like the improv closing. Jackson Brown. Yeah, Would but, old comics 
the big rich guy would Seinfeld come in and, and save the the improv or the comedy store he, or the laugh he factory. Would, he or would save the one in New York where he started, probably, or maybe, maybe. I don't know. These things go under, man. It's just Jay Leno might swoop in for the comedy store, but I mean, comedians aren't known to have as much money as. Well, I mean, come on, Seinfeld well, and Seinfeld, Leno do. Seinfeld and Leno do, but I'm saying, I've just named ten artists that started at the Troubadour, like from ground zero. Yeah, and if they want that place to go away, then it's on them. We, you, and I keep it afloat when it's in yeah. business. When something like this happens, it's time for the multi, multi, multi millionaires to do it. Yeah, asking asking the audience to do it is a tough thing. I mean, we go there. Yeah, that's that's how we keep it afloat. It's, I mean, we yeah. can't. Yeah, we pay twelve bucks for a beer, and we pay money <laughs> to park, and all the stuff. It's it's not easy to get to a show. Come on, I know they're gonna be running out of places to play. Elton John started it. It made his career. That's what I said. He's the show got, that he's, I did. He's worth half a, a billion dollars, Elton yeah. John. His flower, his fresh flower bill alone. <laughs> at his house. At his house could pay the rent. Come on. All right, here we go. We, Come on, rocket man. Pony what, up. What if he said, well, I have a kid now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They're here, doing okay. Here we go. Hey, Rock Solid family, this is Greg Chittister from Carmichael, California. Today I want to play a song by a guy That's named Carmichael. Stephen Duffy. Up north. Stephen Duffy has about 16 studio albums wow. between his solo work, his band The Lilac Time, and some side projects he's done. But nobody knows who he is, and it breaks my heart. He actually started Duran Duran with John Taylor and Nick Rhodes. At the time, John Taylor was on guitar... Nick Rhodes was on the pretend keyboards and he was playing bass and doing the scene. He moved to drums when they brought in another singer and then eventually just left the band. So he leaves. Duran Duran obviously becomes massive with girls screaming on every corner and he became a footnote. And it's so sad because his stuff's so good. So Pat, I would like you to play... A song called Natalie, off his third solo album called Music in Colors, came out in 1993. I hope everyone loves it. I feel like I'm doing the Lord's work right now, bringing this guy to everyone's attention. So please, cue it up at the beginning. Have a good Monday. And so we're chasing. We feel so insecure. Best situation going on here. Boy. How would you like to be the guy who is not in Duran Duran? And they, you know, I watched a documentary on those guys, and uh, he was left out. This Stephen Duffy. Yeah, that was a good doc. It was short, but yeah, they, they were. Uh, I they think were, that was like a BBC special. It was like a one-hour BBC special. They were fun though. Yeah, it was I, great. I, I really liked that documentary. But they just glossed over that guy. He he was on the editing room floor. Oh, for sure. Poor Stephen Duffy. I like that song though. That's a good song. I like that song too. All right, now here's the part of these episodes, Mike, where a lot of guys edit their song right into their intro. So I'm going to play like four of these back to back to back 
you and I are just going to listen like we're on the beach listening to this thing. So here we go. I'm going to pretend to not go to the bathroom. Do you have to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Go right through here. Okay. All right. So you are going to go to the bathroom. I am going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to come back and say I love those songs. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. This is Kyle Hilder from the Woods of Western Mass. And for today's episode, the third album from an artist, I'm going with the song Hungry from the band Airborne with a U. This belongs on the newer side of the Rock Solid catalog in that it came from an album called Black Dog Barking, released in 2013. And it is not their breakout album. I would say it's not even their most popular album. It's probably their least popular album. But they have such, a, such an ACDC kind of sound that they took made their own, but um, they don't stray too far from it. So the distance between the best album and their you know, least favorite album, not a lot of range there. So it doesn't matter. They're all great. Uh, full of adrenaline, testosterone, and of course, screaming vocals. The song even sounds like the title. So, so here's Airborne with Hungry. Hey there, Rock Solid listeners. Aaron here again, and I'm happy to take part in this third album episode of Rock Solid. As far as third albums go, my personal favorite is Forever Changes by Love. If anyone has seen the recent Laurel Canyon documentary miniseries on epics, Love were featured in that quite a bit, which I was happy to see. With an album like Forever Changes, it was an album that had a lot of thought and effort put into it. There were orchestral arrangements, the lyrical content was of its time this was 1967 when it was released there were a lot of things going on in the world with vietnam uh, protests and all sorts of things when released in 1967 the album was a flop the following year everyone but arthur lee had left the band now arthur lee would keep the love name going on and off until his death in 2006 for a song i'm going to go with the album's last song which i think is a great example of the album's mix of psychedelic rock and orchestral music and lyrics here are very strong. So from love, from the album Forever Changes, this is You Set the Scene. Where are you walking? I've seen you walking. Have you been there before? Walk down your doorsteps, you'll take some more steps. What did you take them for? There's a private in my boat, and he wears this instead of medals on his coat. There's a chicken in my nest, and she won't play until. 
Hi, Pat and Rock Solid Nation. This is Nate Treese coming to you from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in North Texas. My selection this week is from uh, one of my favorite albums from one of my absolute all-time favorite artists. Uh, That's 1980's Dirty Mind by Prince. I'm a really huge fan, of course, of Prince's whole discography, but Dirty Mind is special because it really revolutionized music in the 80s, uh, totally set the tone for uh, what R&B was going to sound like in the 80s, uh, but it also has this just amazing mishmash of sounds, you know, uh, hard rock, post-funk, disco, uh, electropop, just so much going on there. And of course, uh, it was also kind of revolutionary for how well, how horny the lyrics are. <laughs> and of course, Robert Criscow, after listening to the album, famously said that Mick Jagger should fold up his penis and go home. <laughs> uh, so the song I have chosen is my favorite track on the album. Also a very memorable uh, cover by uh, Cindy Lauper a few years later. This is When You Were Mine. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Woody Meacham from Oak Park, Illinois. First of all, I am not West Anthony. Second, I too am not a doctor. And third, I am also not related to Matt Berkey. Doing third albums was really fun. Although I found out that most of the bands that I liked, their third album is actually a live album. So I took a look at the Rock Solid database. Thanks for putting that together. And I found a band that hadn't been played before and I think makes a lot of sense. That band is Poidog Pondering. Originally started in Hawaii, then they went to Austin, and they landed in Chicago in 1992. The album that they recorded right before they came to Chicago was Volo Volo. And that actually was where I came in touch with them. I saw them at Cabaret Metro, and then heard the songs getting played on WXRT. Pat, you'll know about WXRT. So the song I'm going to go with is Lackluster, which is the first song off the album. It's a great opening track. There's a really good groove to the music, and the way Frank Oral writes his lyrics, I've just always found them really fascinating. They're just fun, and that's what we should have in music is a lot of fun. So everybody, here's Lackluster. 
Celebrity Skin on DGC Records. Available now at all Wood Nickel locations. Hey Pat, this is Tor Hansen. I hope everything is good. Uh, my offering today is everybody's favorite, love to hate, grunge goddess of the 90s. It's like someone's got to be the big f- up, right? Corny Love is my favorite slow motion face plant. She takes no shit. She's insecure, probably indefensible at times, and I think it's indispensable to the history of women in heavy rock. I kind of love her for that. You're not a, you're like an alcoholic. Uh, no, I was never an alcoholic, but I was a big drug addict. Oh. It's a really huge secret. Don't tell anyone because it'll ruin my image. Hole's third record, Celebrity Skin, is their best, at least by my estimations. And my favorite track off there is called Playing Your Song, which was written for and about Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters. The two sued each other for two decades. Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters you're talking about. Now, apparently, these two have patched things up. But boy, did they write great diss tracks to each other. I'll stick around as fun and playing your song is vicious. But the thing is is that he's got yet another song about what a bitch I am. Mm -hmm. I've never written a song about him, so I'm gonna sing you one right now. Hi, Pat. Hi, Rock Solid listeners. This is Michael Van Zandt. For this episode, um, for the third albums, I'm going with a band from Atlanta, Georgia, rock band called Driving and Crying. Uh, their third album, Mystery Road, came out on March 28, 1989. The album was actually supposed to be produced by a good friend of theirs, uh, of another Georgia band, um, April Richardson's number one favorite band, Her Jam, R.E.M., and Peter Buck was supposed to to produce the album. He was good friends with the band. R.E.M. were good friends with the band. Matter of fact, one of the guitar players uh, for Driving and Crying was formerly affiliated with R.E.M., uh, Buren Fowler, Rock and Peace Buren. He was Peter Buck's guitar tech and then eventually played on tour with them as their rhythm guitarist in 1986 and 87. Um, The album, Mystery Road, has a lot of great songs on here. Um, Toy Never Played With, Peacemaker, Malfunction Junction, um, and actually their their biggest hit, their most famous song, Straight to Hell. Uh, the same song that was just recently covered by none other than, that's right, Hootie, Darius Rucker, <laughs> uh, along with some uh, country guests. So 
hey, that's some more mailbox money for Kevin Kenny, uh, lead, lead singer and guitarist for Driving and Crying. But we're not going to hear Straight to Hell. We're going to hear my favorite song. Um, it's been said to be a gorgeous southern rock ballad that sounded like it should have been a big hit, uh, as Kevin Kenny stated. Uh, it's a rocker, and it's my favorite. It's Honeysuckle Blue. Please enjoy. I got a Saladers. This is Raymond Broccoli here to tell you about another one of my favorite groups and their third album and a song from it that I choose. The group Shonen Knife from Osaka, Japan. The album Pretty Little Bakugai, which to me completes a trilogy of albums that are just masterpieces of pop music genius uh, filled with melodic bass and some Meg White sort of drumming, which works very well, um, and excellent guitar solos and riffs, harmonizing vocals. The song I chose is called Riding the Rocket. Uh, this one sort of exemplifies the Ramones' influence sound. YouTube has had this video recorded off of TV years ago, off of Kurt Loder's 120-minute show when they appeared on there. An awesome video has the gals uh, shooting lasers out of their guitars at uh, claymation moon monsters. This song, Riding the Rocket, is always included in their show. You know, they, they have numerous songs to choose from. Every show is different, but they always end with this one, and then, then the encore comes after. Enjoy Riding the Rocket. <laughs> Shona Knife. We don't hear enough Shona Knife on no, this show, do we? No. Have Mike, we ever played Shona Knife on this show? Uh, maybe once or twice. What'd you think of all those songs, Mike? They were great. You know what the the best part about those songs were? They relieved pressure on my bladder. <laughs> now I heard most of them actually. I know like, we did hear them. We yeah. did hear. Mike went for a pee and then he came back and here we are. <laughs> I did turn the microphones down though, so thank sound, you. Sounded nice and crisp. You crisp. didn't hear me flush. I said it sounded nice and crisp. 
<laughs> nice, stupid. Um, no, I did not hear you flush because you usually don't. <laughs> there was no upper decker, right, Mike? You just <laughs> an upper decker. <laughs> um, so you're a minimalist. You're getting rid of stuff. What do you have the most of? Clothes? Uh, I don't have that many clothes, but I've whittled it down to clothes I actually wear. Shoes? No. Again, same thing. Just I don't keep stuff around that I don't use or, you know, I'm, I've gotten rid of today. Like I had some old shelves. Oh, here's something. If I can give a message to all you parents and everything out there. I got rid of a box that was in my friend's garage that I had sent to me from my mother like 10 years ago and never bothered to open. Okay. It was trophies. Childhood sports trophies. You had a lot of trophies. You're an athletic. I was kind of a big deal at 10 in Little League. <laughs> But uh, again, these are useless. You cannot give them away. Uh, Goodwill did not want them. I called trophy stores. It's like, hey, you can use them for parts or whatever. Yeah, parts. Nothing. Nothing. I, I tried to give them to boys and girls clubs and stuff. They're like, we don't want them. Uh, you cannot give this stuff away until, until. What happened? I posted it on a uh, Facebook group where you can, uh, just a neighborhood Facebook group. Have you heard of these where you can just give yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I posted it. I was like, anybody want these? I, I pulled the uh, nameplates off them. So they're just Plain. 15 trophies. And uh, some girl wrote me back and said, you know what? I'm doing an art project. Nice. And, stuff. and I also have like a volleyball team. We give like joke trophies to one another. I was That's like, great. Done. And she came and picked them up yesterday. And I unloaded this thing. That How old of a uh, person was this? Oh, she was, you know. Probably in her 30s. Oh, okay. So not a teenager. No, no, no. This was like a grown person. She drove up and just like, oh, these would be fun. And I can do something with them. I'm like, okay. What if this woman- Because they, they would if, go into a landfill. And What if this woman came over and you two fell in love? <laughs> what a story that would be. I came out with my mask. I put it in the car. <laughs> we had our masks on. But she did one of those things where it was actually kind of funny. I think it was, uh, I think it was Heffron who does a joke like that, how like girls always have to- even before you say anything, they have to drop the word boyfriend in the sentence. Oh, yes, like, of course, of course. Excuse me, what time is it? Oh, by my boyfriend's watch. It's, uh, so, <laughs> where are you from? I'm from the land of boyfriendsia. Um, so she did that thing. She's like, yeah, my boyfriend and, you, and I used to live right over there. Okay, got it. You used have a boyfriend. To, so you broke up. No, no, she used to live over there. Oh, okay. She's like, and yeah, now we live. Okay. It's like, I didn't even ask you anything, yeah, but it, she had to is, put it out there. This isn't how I meet. I'm not some, it's not some yeah, Ted Bundy before thing. This, before this gets weird, trophy. Mm -hmm. And then it was so funny. She was like, you sure you don't want these? Like, what am I going to do? Are you sure Am you I going to display these? these? Like some weird, yeah, I'm a 50 year old man with his little league trophies what, displayed in his house. What if she swayed what? you in that moment? She goes, are you sure you don't want these? And you're like... You know, you know, I what? do need that. <laughs> do I, I need like a participation it. trophy from... There was not even one that meant something to you that you would keep one. The only one that would maybe... I had one that I was an MVP of my team okay. one year. And that was actually some achievement and that I really, really wanted it as a kid. Yeah. But again... But now you don't. What do I want with it? You know, I kept the, the little plates, which take up a little bit of room. Yeah. And that's it. Put those in a Ziploc bag and then in another year you'll throw those away. Well, I wonder about kids now. They're like, well, what's the point of giving these? Well, it's a memory of the... But now... Every kid born today has, what, 10,000 hours of video on themselves? Yes. About these kids, if you play Little League, I'm sure they got every at-bat on game. video that they, probably in their own YouTube channel. Never it's watch it. It's just like, it. they don't need, they, yeah. and they'll never watch that. They don't care. You should take those plates and make a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I even kept those, but I've, but like I've whittled down three boxes, three boxes of crap to one. That's good. And it's going, and more's going. So, yeah. All right. We're moving on. Minimalist, folks. Don't pay rent on crap. 
I like that. That, that put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. But then but, <laughs> did, but then get rid of that t-shirt. Yes. Here we go. Hey, Rock Solid listeners, it's Martina O'Boyle checking in from London, England with my choice from the most controversial third album of the aughts, Kelly Clarkson's My December. Wow. I know. She wrote the 13 tracks while exhausted from the pressures of a two-year world tour, and she needed a little bit of therapy. And the therapy <laughs> came in the, song, the form of songs that were a lot more rock-edged than her previous music. The head of Sony, Clive Davis, wasn't too thrilled about this. They fought, sometimes publicly, and allegedly he offered her 10 million of your American dollars to switch out five of the tracks for songs that he thought would be more radio-friendly. She said no. My December debuted in June 2007 at number two, but it didn't stay on the charts very long, possibly because Sony didn't do too much to promote it. Kelly pushed back her tour and took on much smaller venues due to ticket sales being low. And then everybody moved on and she did okay for herself. The album had one top 40 hit, Never Again, but this is the second single released. It's a metaphor about life and struggle and whatever you want it to be about, but it really shows off her really mature songwriting and her always amazing vocal talents. From My December, this is Sober. could break my heart or save me nothing's real until you let go completely so here I go with all my thoughts I've been saving so It took some fortitude to go from being completely unknown to winning a, a talent show. Yes. And then a few years later, you're, you're telling Clive Davis, one of the most you know, famous names in all of American music producing, I guess, you know, record yep. men, yep. saying no to him and to $10 million. Look, that's, that's some fortitude. I got I to gotta, I gotta hand it. You give me $5, I'll switch out five of the songs from this playlist right now. <laughs> I'll just dump, I'll just drag him into the trash. <laughs> did you see the Clive Davis documentary? I did. That, that was a great one. That was good. And then I would just watch the David Foster one. And I heard he's a douche. He's kind of a dick. You haven't seen it? No. You watch that one. It's, it's worth seeing, but he is kind of a dick. And interesting enough, um, I know you, we've talked here how uh, on the Chicago documentary, No Cetera, right. David Foster documentary, Cetera, sits down for an interview. No oh, problem. Well, well, well. But the other guys in Chicago are also in it. Yeah. And they explain how, you know, their relationship helped, you know, Cetera was instrumental in Cetera leaving the band. But to their, yep. you know, Foster was like, you know, you know, he didn't want the horns in it. And they show the, uh, I forget, is it You're the Inspiration, maybe? That the, the video, the, what are the, the horn? horn guys, one guy's literally reading the paper <laughs> in, the, in the video. 
And he's probably, doing nothing. And he's probably really reading the paper too. Oh, he yeah. probably wasn't just <laughs> pretend like you're reading the paper. No, I got a book behind here, so yeah. I'm gonna read it. I mean, they did acknowledge that hey, we had the big hits and stuff like that, but it was just you know, it Took was not the a, band that we had. Nope. And those guys just went off. But, and but Satara loved that sound, so he stuck with it. Yeah, and he said they worked. He like David and I worked well together, and you know. Now I got to watch it just to see Satara. Yeah, right. looks good in it. Looks good, but yeah. it's interesting how he's willing to he's willing to do an interview, but not for uh, not for Chicago. Yeah, what a dick. I mean, what a great guy. <laughs> Here we go. Good morning, Pat. Chris Wojcik in Columbus, Ohio. I'll start by thanking you for these bonus episodes. You're welcome. I'm having a lot of fun listening. My song is "Career of Evil," lyrics by Patti Smith. First song, third record, "Secret Treaties," Blue Oyster Cult. It's described on Song Facts as a rather disturbing song about a nefarious individual with no moral boundaries. He makes a continuous series of threats which are both terrifying and ridiculous. The president. I love it. Don't want anybody to worry though, especially those of you who still get squeamish listening to songs like Christine 16 by Kiss. When Eric Bloom talks about wanting to do it to your daughter on a dirt road, I always (laughs) imagine she's at least 18. Thank you. Take it away, maestro. Patty Smith. Now, wasn't Patty Smith was dating one of the guys in Blue Oyster Cult? I don't. I don't. I yes. Don't know. Is that true? The what was the guy with the funky name? Buck Dharma. Yeah, Is I think that, they were going out. That's probably why. I don't know if that's true or not true. Okay. Don't want to look you, it up. We're gonna Google it. Okay. You do that, and I'm gonna play these next two songs are from a band you really, really, really like. Okay. Kiss. No. Here we go. Hello, Pat, and to all the rock-solid listeners tuning in right around the world. This is Steve Perry from Sydney with my track for this week's Monday bonus episode. The song that I've picked this week is from uh, The Jam, and this is off their All Mod Cons album, which is the follow-up to 1977's In The City. I almost brought something Their debut album, and this is The Modern World. The song that I've picked is... To be someone, didn't we have a nice time? And if you play it from round about Love this 45 seconds, Pat, you should get a good feel for the song. So here they are, the jam of all mod cons with To Be Someone, Didn't We Have a Nice Time. Man. 
That's great. Yeah. Great song. Well, we got another uh, We got I was, another song. I was wrong on Buck Dharma, but I was right on Alan Lanier. They uh, were collaborators and lovers for a time. Patti Smith and Alan Lanier of Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, the aforementioned word lover. So suck it, Pat. They I was lo- semi-right. <laughs> you're semi-right, but you're also mostly wrong. <laughs> Here's another uh, one from your band. Hey everybody, it's Darren Ficarelli, uh, Warren, Michigan. Uh, for this topic, third albums, I chose a song, All Mod Cons, a band that I love that just never yeah. really seemed to catch on you know what in that the stands states. For? Uh, no. The Jam. When it was time to record their third album, uh, they were kind of on a downward trajectory. Their second album was kind of seen as a retread of the debut, and the label actually rejected the first set of songs that they uh, submitted for this. So after that, whatever happened, um, it worked because they came out revitalized and this song um, kicks off the third album. It's a classic uh, side one, track one, title track. Here is All Mod Cons. What does all mod cons mean? It's a real estate term in the UK when it means all modern conveniences. So like the apartment will have a, uh, a fridge okay. and, and a stove and that kind of stuff. All right. That's some hot water. The, kid, <laughs> the kids gravitate to things like that. Yeah. Great album though. Man, was that a great album. Um, since you're getting rid of a lot of stuff, when you see all my stuff, does it make you, does it put you on edge? No, no, like this no. This room is full of stuff. <laughs> I worry about things like you know, you know. I, you're not going to be moving anytime soon. Nah. But if there's an earthquake, I worry. I think about that. I think about these high shelves um, tipping. Those, those are all because they're all in perfect order. Everything's like an alphabetical. Those are all perfect. bolted to the wall. Okay, good. The um, I have earthquake hooks on every picture. And the earthquake we had the other day, and the two aftershocks. I did not feel that. Yeah, we felt it here. Nothing, not even any of those, those uh, my, um, Funkos fell over. Nothing okay, fell well, over. That's good. But but it was a good jolt here, though. It was like whoa, was it? yeah. Like I would have thought something would have fallen. Well, good for you. You've batted it good. down. Yeah, because I don't want anything to fall. <laughs> because if something's fallen, that's a big one. So you just said you're gonna die here. You're gonna you're gonna die right in this place. That's what Murray said about his house. He's like, <laughs> I'm, we're we're him and Mary agree that we're just ah, we're just gonna die in this place. Right? <laughs> I do give, I do uh, get rid of CDs now. Like if I, if I'm looking through the shelf and I go, I'm never going to take the CD out and just, and listen to it. And you must have doubles and triplicates of stuff. Yeah. It's that, that pile there and I'll, and I'll sell that or give it away. Can you get rid of CDs anymore? 
Yeah, you can. I mean, DVDs. I have DVDs I want to get rid of. They're still in the plastic. What are they of? You know what? Uh, it's, you ever have something that your family knows you like, and then they keep sending you gifts related to that mm-hmm. 20 years later because they yeah. didn't know anything else about you? Yeah. Well, pull- they knew growing up that my family, I loved Monty Python. Okay. Well, they sent me like the, the DVD collection of the entire series. Oh, Mike will like love it. Yeah. Which they don't know. I mean, I probably got this probably 15 years ago. But now you could, they're all on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You don't need them. <laughs> And I don't sit around and watch DVDs anymore. So yeah. it's just kind of like, and they've even said, I've, I've thought of like Amoeba Met Records and stuff like that. They, like DVD collections of TV shows are pretty much useless. Pretty much useless. And then I have some movies that are still in the package. Like right. they gave me like the collector's edition of, or criterion of uh, the Holy Grail. When am I, I'm sure there's a lot of cool extras on it. What am I going to sit around and... Yeah, and you don't have an eBay account, so you can't sell it. Yeah, uh, so if you want to sell them for me, go ahead. Anybody out there want to make me some offers? You didn't bring those. <laughs> there you go. Um, send a I tweet. didn't bring those. Send a tweet to Mike C. I have them. You like Tori Amos? Yeah, uh, okay. This guy does. All right, well, super. Greetings, Solid Rockers. This is Aaron Lowe calling in again. And as I foretold on Twitter last week, I'm here to bring the energy way down with my pick. I've chosen a track off of Tori Amos's third album, 1996's Boys for Pele. I'm not even sure where to start when discussing this album. I'd been following Tori Amos since her debut solo release and considered myself a big fan of her work, but Boys for Pele just inserted itself into my psyche and has never left. I love this album so much that I flew to Colorado to crash on a friend's dorm room floor just to go see her perform live wow. in support of it. A couple of years ago, my wife bought this for me on 2LP 180-gram vinyl, which is as true a sign of love as I've ever seen, considering how much she can't stand Tori Amos. <laughs> Boys for Pele and he was doesn't have a record highest player. charting release to date, and it gave her her first <laughs> Billboard Top 10 debut. This is despite the album being her least radio-accessible yet. The songs range from one-minute sketches to six-minute epics. They largely forego a verse-chorus-verse structure. The lyrics range from vague to inscrutable. It's an album that can meander for several minutes of poetry and plinking piano and then explode into some of the most haunting melodies I've ever heard. This definitely isn't everyone's cup of tea, but I'm glad for the opportunity to share this incredibly personal, important album. It was hard to choose a song because this is an album that really needs to be listened to in its entirety, but I've dug deep for a song that shows up near the end of the album. Donut Song features some of those inscrutable lyrics, but mostly tells of the ache at the center of relationships where two people are unable to support each other. Donut Song. (laughs) You told me last night you were a son now With your very own devoted satellite Happy for you She always is. Is this the, is that, what's the donut? Donut song. Donut song. Is this on the same album as Cornflake Girl? Because she's very food heavy. I so. don't know. Boys, boys for Pele. I can tell you, you don't, that's, 
you don't want to date her and have and break up with her. It's not <laughs> going to go well. about it in some form or another. Not going to go well. Right. You like the Beastie Boys? Sure. Yeah, I don't dislike them. Is Paul's Boutique? Is I that don't like them. Their third album? Check your head. Oh, okay. Let's find out. Gabba, Gabba, hey, Rock Solid Nation. This is Jeff, the rock and roll Frank Footer. Chime in with my pick this week, which I'm going with the Beastie Boys, Gratitude, off of their, of course, third album, Check Your Head, which is hands down my favorite Beasties album. Uh, And this is the one where they took it back to the roots uh, with live instrumentation, total punk rock attitude, really fattened out the sound with guest musicians like Money Mark. And quick aside about the track gratitude is this is actually my go-to song for testing new headphones. Uh, just gives that dynamic range of fuzzed out low end bass, some wah-wah guitars up the wazoo, and those screechy vocals. Uh, so crank it and stay frosty. sound good in the headphones you did yeah that's cranking my gratitude to you jeff Frank. gratitude stay frosty (laughs) uh oh here's another one that i missed where the guy uh will uh has his song edited right into the intro so we'll play that and that's work for you yeah let's work for me and then we'll just play him right into the next person so we get a we get a little bit of a, of a hi rest, everyone. A this is David Nickel from Ontario. Hey Dave, my pick for this third album episode is "Color of Spring" by the British band Talk Talk, released in 1986. This album regularly sits in my personal number one best all-time album position. Wow! So naturally, I consider it the best third album ever. Talk Talk put out a grand total of five studio albums during their time as a band, and I don't think any band ever evolved as much as Talk Talk did during their nine-year career spanning from 1982 to 1991. Their first album was a subpar Duran Duran knockoff, and their fifth and last album was basically freeform jazz. Their third album, Color of Spring, is where the band and their famously enigmatic leader Mark Hollis hit their sweet spot with a combination of popular and avant-garde music. Sadly, Mark Hollis passed away last year. However, this band and album has proved to be highly influential through the years. As much for the music, as his willingness to go against the industry in pursuit of his artistic vision. This album is a masterpiece, and I could choose any song really, but I will stick with the theme of number three and go with the third track, Life's What You Make It. Please seek out the whole album if you haven't ever heard it, and as always, thanks again, Pat, for including me in the podcast and keeping the fun alive. That's what I do, I keep the fun alive.
know that song. This song. is Matt from Canada. My favorite punk rock band, one of my favorite bands, period, is Bad Religion. Uh, last year, they released their 17th album. Their third album, Suffer, came out in 1988. From that album, here's a song, Do What You Want. Like a champion. Yeah, 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 yeah. It rocks, rocks. <laughs> um, I have to actually. We have like seven more songs. I have to stop up the file and make a and make a new file because we're almost out of time on this file. Oh my seven gosh. more songs. I'm starving. Me too. We got to go eat then. Yeah, hot dogs. I'm not going to read you my uh, my personal text, but I did just get a text from Alexi Lawless. I guess there's a, a Def Leppard cover album coming out. And uh, on it is a is the song "Wasted," and uh, he's not happy about it because he does not like the song "Wasted" <laughs> by Def Leppard. So that's funny. That's funny, Mike. This is what you're. This is what you were referring to earlier when you were you were talking about Rush. So this, oh no, we got, Caress of Steel. We got something from Caress of Steel. Let me tell you something. This this song that the guy picked clocks in at twenty minutes. Yeah. So we'll we'll hear about half of that. Yeah. Now imagine yourself at the record company. I know. Like, guys, well, guys, no, 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 guys, no, no. We can't even edit this to have a single version of this song. Well, you know, they used to tour with, they used to open for Kiss a lot. I you know. know, when they were started out, but they tell the story of like they they were like in a van on tour and they played Caress of Steel for Paul Stanley, and all of a sudden it was like, yeah, he uh, he didn't get it. <laughs> a lot of people didn't get that record. Let me tell you something. I don't get it. I don't that. get it. Caress, Caress of Steel. Steel. What does it mean? Look, I think I'm going bald. That's not the, the good name for a thong. I never want to go bald. If I go bald, I'm going to wear a toupee. That's right. I wear makeup so I don't even look old. <laughs> Here's uh, Chris McIntosh telling us. Hi, Pat Francis and Solid Rockers. This is Chris in Iowa, and I want to talk to you about third albums. The one I'm thinking of is by Rush. Oof. Uh, Caress of Steel from 1975. I, I don't get it. Although the album was not a commercial success, That's right. I think it is vastly underrated. Nope. And it's an artistic <laughs> leap forward for the band because they started to really advance their progressive rock style. Chris McIntosh is crazy. Clunker or a skippable song on the album. In my opinion. Oh, Chris, that bold song. The song I would like to recommend you is skip from a song, side you're skipping 20 B, minutes. You're skipping a whole side. Which is a full album side length. See? There it is. Extended song suite. Jesus Christ! Fountain of Lamneth. Fountain of Lamneth. I'm going to go with movement three entitled <laughs> No One at the Bridge. How stoned were with they? apologies <laughs> to movement two, which features an excellent drum solo by Neil Peart. So, rock and peace, Neil. And hope you enjoy the song. Take care. Movement three. Movement three. That doesn't belong on any rock album. Sounds good in the headphones, though, Chris. I'm sorry for talking over you.
the girls just left the room. Yeah. <laughs> There's no ladies around right now. Voice is insane. Wow. I guess that's where we take it down. This is why this is why punk was invented. This is how it got started. To combat this. Yeah. What what has stood this test of time more though? Rush or punk? Oh, they're both still around. Be honest. <laughs> but they both have their place. Yeah. But you could see if you're a guy like you're trying to learn guitar and you listen to this, you're like, what what no, yeah. why 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 bother? <laughs> um this is not punk. I mean, this is not, I don't know what I was going to say. This is not Rush. This next band is not Rush. This is more closer to punk. This is a band I would have told you years ago that I don't like that band, but I do like this band now. Let's hear about it. Hey, Pat and the solid rockers out there. This is Matt Treese from New Hampshire. Third albums, lots of good stuff to choose from here. We uh, OK Computer, London Calling, In Utero. Uh, I'm going to go with the White Stripes' White Blood Cells. This was uh, their breakout album, and the first time that I had heard of them, uh, a breath of fresh air amongst like the new metal sludge and boring corporate rock of the time. Uh, I'm going to choose for my song, The Union Forever. Uh, you may know that Jack White is a huge Orson Welles fan, uh, you know, with the Third Man Records, of course. And this song takes it to the next level, where most of the lyrics, uh, if not all of them, are taken from lines from, of course, Citizen Kane. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Everybody stay safe, wear your masks, wash your hands, keep your distance socially, and uh, rock on. played anything from damn the torpedoes today i'm shocked yeah me too that's a that's a great that's a third album that's a third album that is a third album no one's played anything from cat scratch fever or zeppelin three zeppelin three something on there play something from that this guy's gonna play something from buffalo tom hey pat hey rock solid it's your pal from norcal tom neuerberg third album from Buffalo Tom. It's called Let Me Come Over. It is a classic. This is a true desert island disc. If I am ever stuck on a desert island, if I am ever stuck in a 120-day quarantine, I would want to have this album with me. Let Me Come Over. It's a Tate out of Tate from top to bottom. And the song I am choosing is called Larry. It's a killer. Pick it up at the 42nd mark. 
Pat. Everyone enjoy. Thanks. Bye. Start calling Tom Neuerberg Buffalo Tom Neuerberg. <laughs> How did I never think I like of that, that before? Yeah, that's nice. What was uh, Cheap Trick's third album? Heaven Tonight. It's my favorite. Okay, it's right behind you. It's signed by uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say Robin Zander and uh, Tom Peterson. But I mean, I don't. I mean, it wasn't um, their first six albums are fantastic. So I mean, that didn't. The next album was what was pivotal for them. The Budokan. live album, Budokan. Yeah, but that's my favorite. That's my favorite. But I like how they always put those two guys on the cover. That's because they're not... Rick Nielsen, they Bunny. Yeah, put those guys in the back. You got to flip it over for those it's two. It's funny. <laughs> uh, this guy writes many stings for us. Maybe maybe I threw a sting in here somewhere just to make Mike go crazy. Here we go. <laughs> hey, Pat and Rock Solid listeners. This is Steve-O. And my third album choice is from Devo. <laughs> my name rhymes with a band I like. Uh, their fir- their third album is Devo Freedom of Choice, which is a fantastic album. Uh, <laughs> if you want to get into Devo, that's a great one to jump into. Every track on there, I enjoy. It's got Whip It on it. Uh, yeah. Um, but the w- song I picked from it is the first song, Girl You Want. Oh, I like the song. It's girl, yeah. Letter You Want. <laughs> and... It's a great track. They re-recorded it for the Tank Girl soundtrack, but that's not what we're going to listen to. It's just a good song. All right, everybody. I'm very proud of all of you. <laughs> Aww. I love this song. <laughs> it's so fun. Devo, fun. Get your Devo face masks and hats. <laughs> All proceeds go to Devo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we only got like three more songs. Let's, let's finish this out. Let's go drink beer and get in the pool and have hot dogs. Yeah, summer style, huh? Mm-hmm. I'll get my hot dog out in the pool. Now, this is no suits, right? This is all... Uh... <laughs> That's what I just said. I'll okay, get my good. hot dog out in the pool.
Greetings, Rock Solid Faithful. It's David Festini up here in northern New Jersey. And my choice for song from a third album comes from a band whose front man is notorious for being a galactic douche. And for several (laughs) reasons, not the least of which was throwing out founding member and guitar player Kevin Cadigan and then literally mocking him with lyrics and sound effects on their second album, Blue. And if that wasn't bad enough, he then turned around and tried to steal away all of Cadigan's writing royalties. I'm talking about Stephen Jenkins, and the band is Third Eye Blind. Definitely a love-them-or-hate-them group, their third album, Out of the Vein, is easily my favorite, although it is the first not to feature Kevin Cadigan on guitar. Released in 2003, it became a casualty of Elektra Records being absorbed into Atlantic Records and was never really promoted as much as it should have been. Every album released since this one has been a major disappointment, but this album in particular is a winner from start to finish in my opinion, and my favorite song from it is the song Blinded. Everybody stay safe, and as always, Pat, thanks for letting me be part of the show. Sitting old friend coming over now to visit you and that's what I've become I let myself in though I know I'm not supposed to but I never know when I'm done And I see you fogging up the mirror Vapor around your body glistens in the shower And I wanna stay right here And go down on you for an hour Or stay and let the day just fade away And while your dedication Take the moment of hope And let it run Never look back at all the damage We have done now to each other To each other, to each other But when I see you It's like I'm staring down the side All right. Good song, other than the dirty lyric, the <laughs> filth mouth. I didn't know that whole backstory. No. What a dick. Galactic, you galactic dick. Douche. You dick. Let's go for some uh, classic rock that hails right here from Pasadena, California. Oh, these are the, the brothers Halen? And mm-hmm. Rock Solid Army. This is the man of mystery, Joe <laughs> Becht. Long time no talk. My selection is my favorite Van Halen album, Women and Children First. I believe that this is where the band really came into their own. Yes, the first album is phenomenal and is a historical album in rock and roll history. But it's been overplayed. This album, Women and Children First, I believe, is when the band really evolved and they started writing songs that were outside of their uh, traditional song list that they had for for years and years and i just love everything on this album i mean there's a couple fillers but all the great songs are great so a little backstory i made the basketball team my sophomore year of high school well done broke my leg get I, a got, trophy. So I got a trophy you can give i was stuck in my room <laughs> every night and i listened to this album and studied my ass off and got great grades that year that semester so that was the positive so, Pat, please start off with the kickoff track on Women and Children First, which is And the Cradle Will Rock. Start it from the beginning and play it as long as you want. Oh, uh, classic. Stay frosty. 
I don't know how they get that sound out of the guitar. <laughs> Dave could really sing. Kind of. Ow, ow. Well, they say it's kind of frightening how this younger generation swings. You know, it's more than just some new sensation. Well, the kid is into losing sleep and he don't come home for half a week. You know, it's more than just an aggravation. And the One more and then a play out and we're done. Mike, you're still recording your podcast also, correct? I am via Zoom. Do you have uh, do you have guests lined up? Yeah, I have a few uh, coming in. Yeah, I mean, it's still, it's hard talking about travel when no one can travel. Right. You know, we can talk about the future of it and we talk about places we've been and mm-hmm. everybody has stories of where they've been. Yeah. But it's, uh, some people are... Yeah, you know, I had toyed with like, you know, putting it on hold until because it was just kind of depressing me talking about these places we can't go right now. If you stop, you might not go back. Yeah, but other people and and people had written me that uh just said, you know, it's it's kind of an escape for us and makes yeah. us look forward to when we do go. So okay. Yeah, so keep I doing can, it. But, yeah. And I always meet new people, which is always good. It's every other week. Every other week where you get your podcast. Voted uh one of the top 28? Yeah, from people who did a Google search and found 28 podcasts. Which, no, where did you come in there? You weren't number 28. No, I, no, I don't remember. I don't think it was any kind of order. But you were on the list. <laughs> yeah, I was that's, on a, li- I was a, on a list. Yeah, that's a big good. deal. Yeah. All right. TravelTalesPodcast.com. And you can follow me on Funny Mike on Twitter and FunnyMike.com. Facebook. And see the Dry Bar Comedy Special, which is still out there. And do you accept uh, Facebook friends? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Okay, not we, without a not without a clearance. Like I'll go, you know, I'll see their how wall. Do I, how do I know you? Well, I kind of want to see what the kind of stuff they're posting okay, these days. I got you. You know what I mean? All right. Well, head over to Facebook. There's a filter, s- is s- what I'm saying. There's a filter on acceptance. Send, send Mike. Uh, go head over there with your Confederate flag as your pro- profile <laughs> picture and see if Mike friends you. All right. Or those obvious Russian bots that are like, <laughs> you have no friends in common, no nothing. <laughs> no just nothing. Like they have no followers. It's like, a, okay. It's a hot girl. Yeah. Yeah. DM me for my real pics. Okay. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> Celeste Renoir would like to be your name. <laughs> yeah. What? Your friend, not your name. Your name. Okay, here we go. There's the last one, then a play out. Here we go. Hello, Pat and rock solid listeners. Ooh, this hi. is Brian Reason from Appleton, Wisconsin. How are you? Hey. This week, I'm going to follow the lead of some of the other listeners and share another song by one of my favorite artists, Will Hogue. His third album, released in 2003 on Atlantic Records, is Blackbird on a Lonely Wire. This was the first Will Hogue album I really got into and is still one of my favorites. There are so many great songs on this album. One of the best, in my opinion, is the lead-off track, Not That Cool. It is instantly relatable, as he tells the tale of a guy trying to summon up the courage to go and start a conversation with somebody who caught his eye. Will Hogue actually just released a new album, Tiny Little Movies, a few weeks ago. If your playlists are starting to get tired and you're looking for some new music to check out, I would highly recommend it. Hope everyone is staying safe. Take care.
that a lot yeah will yeah. hogue yep brian sent me these albums and he told me see this is the thing he, this guy sent me these albums this is right something i like i gotta listen to this <laughs> blackbird on a lonely wire from 2003 is the album thank you brian that was fantastic all right closing it out i started by saying i was going to close out with something from born to run but then when i brought up damn the torpedoes which is an album that i actually like better than born to run i think i do too now yeah i really I, do. I probably didn't for a while and then now i do it's really like uh, top to bottom t to b as the kids say yeah like i went i went back and discovered born to run because the first springsteen album i bought was the river in 1980 oh but damn the torpedoes was an album that i discovered when it came out and then went back and bought the other two so it really it's uh it's really one of my favorites yeah. of all time it hit the, you hard in, at the right time yeah in the top five i still love it so much but um again you can follow me at uh, Pat underscore Francis. Fran- Francis. 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 Yeah, Francis. Uh, we're at Rock Solid Show. Kyle is at Kyle Dots and Funny. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show, episodes, T-shirts, and there'll be a link there to Patreon. And uh, again, sign up for the Patreon because um, it's good. <laughs> well said. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Mike, for being here. Let's go. Uh, Thanks let's for go, having me. Let's go party like it's uh, 2020. Yeah, let's get some hot dogs. Let's oil up, huh? Which means we party uh, social distance style. <laughs> yeah. And Christy Stratton stood us up. I know. She was going to come over and hang by the pool. Be good to see her. Yep. Oh, honey. Let's just drive by her house and beat the horn and <laughs> t- TP her house. All right. This is Even the Losers. Ah, oh, love this song. Let's hear it on Rock Solid. On Rock Solid. Thanks, everybody. It's just the normal noises, noises down in here. here. wonder who that is. Was that his wife? What's she yelling about? <laughs> the noise! <laughs> <laughs>